five years of Sky Talkers. With over 230 episodes and hours of Star Wars discussions, we are so excited to celebrate our fifth year anniversary with all of you. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers' fifth anniversary special. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin. And happy birthday to Sky Talkers. Five, five years. I. That's such a long time. I can't believe that it has been five years because sometimes I still feel like, oh, my new podcast, like this little thing that Caitlin and I started. <laughs> and it's, it's number one, not little not a little thing. It's a huge <laughs> part of our lives and something I care so deeply about and you do too. And I, on the flip side of that, like as much as it still feels new, I still feel like a newbie when it comes to podcasting and editing and things like that. I also feel like we've been doing this forever because it feels so comfortable and yeah. it feels like exactly what we should be doing. And I, I felt that when we started it in 2017, it was like this was one of the best decisions of our lives, at least, I feel like. And it's so crazy to be celebrating five years. That is a huge accomplishment. And I think that you and I should be really proud of ourselves for continuing, for like learning and growing. Still doing and- it? <laughs> Keeping up yeah. with it? Oh, my God. <laughs> It was a struggle. I mean, come on. There's been a whole (laughs) pandemic through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you remember, so like when we started the podcast, I was starting graduate school and there were a couple of times, well, one, I was in graduate school for the first couple of years of the show and also working while in school. So like our recording times were always like super late or there were a couple of times where we, specifically for Rebels, where we would record Rebels before I would have to go into school in the morning because I like then I would, that. yeah, because then I would also have class or uh, work after my classes were over. So it would be like we would like the show would come out the night before and then we would record that next morning because we really wanted to like talk about it so badly and like get the episode up. But that would mean that we would have to wake up at like 6 a.m. to get the episode recorded. Um, I remember one time my internet was out at my house. And so I went to campus at like five in the morning and had to like secretly find a place in my department's building where like no one would bother me to record this episode that. but I still felt like someone was going to come in and be like what are you and like you looking to? back like they wouldn't have cared it was no, they wouldn't have. They would it was like, also oh, 5 30 in the morning or something right that's the thing but it's just it's it's so crazy we've been podcasting so long that extended family members of mine finally know that it's a podcast and not a blog which I mean it is also a blog I mean it's <laughs> predominantly a podcast but like <laughs> We do have a website. A okay. sprinkle of a blog. It's not a blog. It's a website, right? Um, but yeah, because for so for so long, like family members that don't listen to podcasts or anything like that, they'd be like, "So your mom tells me you have a blog." Well. Like, well, it's a it's a podcast. But yeah, yeah, I do this thing with my friend. So yeah, same principle. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah the, the, definitely the awareness of podcasts has grown. Yeah. It's funny when I hear people like when I start listening to a new podcast, which is kind of rare to be honest, and they're like, 
when I got started in podcasting two years ago, I felt like no one had it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I feel like two years ago, the podcasting space was ripe with a bunch of new people and a lot of people who've been doing it for a while. And it's funny that you mentioned the whole like recording late at night because Caitlin and I have found a pretty good balance, I feel like, for our mental health for recording (laughs) at certain times. Like in the past, I remember recording for those Rebels episodes when you would get home in at like 9.45, 10 p.m. and we would record at 10 p.m. And that is yeah. so insane to me. I know our bla- our friends Blast Points record pretty late, but like we just can't That's do that me. anymore. <laughs> I don't know why. We should be able to, but we just – it's not our vibe. It's just not. <laughs> it's, I, not vibe. <laughs> it's not a vibe. It's not a vibe. It's just funny. Um, I, we could totally do it. We just don't need to. So instead yeah, exactly. we – we kind of work around and it's funny what that tells me though is how much our lives like personally have changed from when we started the podcast to now you've lived in several different places I've lived in several different places and the show keeps going yeah and the best thing about this is you know Caitlin and I have known each other like all our lives went to the same school elementary school middle school not the same high school but basically next to each other lived in the same area and I feel like what's so cool is that and a lot of people I feel like discovered this like during the pandemic like when the pandemic started is the coolest thing ever about having a podcast is it's essentially like a hyper focused discussion like that you can have anywhere in the world with someone on the other end and Caitlin and I record over a a platform called Zencaster. We don't do Zoom or Skype or anything like that. So we don't even look at each other. It's literally like a phone conversation. <laughs> the way you said, we don't even look at each well, other. It's like, we're just getting, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm wearing sweatpants. Like, I don't know. It's I'm always like in the most comfy clothes when I do podcasting. Yeah, and to be. Exactly. Because you're, our episodes are quite long. We are not a short form <laughs> podcast, but regardless, it's been so nice because it's like, oh, yeah, as long as I have our microphone, a good internet connection, we can do this from anywhere, any place. And that is so cool that our these com- – the reason why we started the podcast is because like we would call each other up and talk about what's new in Star Wars, what the deal is, what do you think is going to happen. And now we have a whole podcast where it's basically yeah. a phone conversation between us. So yep. it's cool. Caitlin and I have our drinks today because we're drinking to five years of Skypoppers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. And if anyone else has a wants to celebrate with a cocktail or a mocktail, feel free. I feel like we welcome mm-hmm. this. Okay. I was thinking about this. I really wish I put my margarita in a one of the tea, the Star Wars tiki's oh. that you gave me. Oh, Why I didn't I do that? I should have put my wine in our Skytalkers camper mug. Okay, we're both failing. We're, we're both failing. So hard. <laughs> so hard. Or like Warner, like Skytalker shirt. I'm not doing that. What I'm the heck? <laughs> I'm just wearing a big hoodie. Yeah, why? Why well, were we like, we could have been so best to have. <laughs> well. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels like we, you know, we've come a long way from um the voice memos I would send you while I was stuck in traffic when I was coming home from my first job um in like an hour and a half commute every single freaking day and I would just listen to podcasts or audio Star Wars audiobooks and send you the longest voicemails voice memos 
about what I thought. I don't know where you were. I don't know why we couldn't talk on the phone, but for some reason, I guess well, we couldn't. It was have. like four thirty in the morning, Caitlin. That's why. Um, that yeah, but the afternoon commute. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yeah, the early morning commute was quite early, but yeah, we, we've come a long way from the voice memos, the failed YouTube channel, and finally setting on settling on podcasting uh, was leaps and bounds the best decision <laughs> we could have ever made. <laughs> so yeah. uh, thank you if you've been listening for some of that time, any of that time, or this is your very first episode. Um, we really... Do not take for granted our listeners and the fact that you um, let us be a part of your fandom experience, whether if that's for a reaction for the newest thing that's come out or for totally random episodes. Um, We really do appreciate it because uh, fan community is so much of our fandom experience. And so that we get to be a part of your fandom experience. It just it really does mean a lot to us. So thank you if you have been a part of any part of that journey. Um, we really love doing this and we hope that you enjoy the time you spend listening to our show. Yeah, that was nice, Caitlin. I totally agree. I it's blows my mind that we have even one listener. So yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode, any episode, everything that Caitlin just said, whether you've listened from like that first episode, which is really bad, but <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure if you have, you've witnessed a lot of growth and changes, but hopefully not too many changes, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to us and spending time with us and sharing your reactions, your interests with ours. And I don't know, letting us be a part of your fandom, like Caitlin said, yeah. it is so crazy. And yeah. it- the most insane thing maybe well, of my life. <laughs> well, I remember <laughs> Well, I remember when we first started literally when we that January 2017 was my first semester in graduate school. So literally I was starting classes like that week that the show came out and I started classes um I started mid-year from the rest of my like graduate cohort. So I was coming in like the new kid in my cohort and so I was like already really like nervous and stuff like that. And I remember sitting in class in lectures and Charlotte would send me uh, like screenshots of when people like the first times people were like mentioning our show on Twitter and stuff. And it was the best thing ever. And at that point, Charlotte and I were recording together. Like she would come to my apartment. Um, You would drive to my apartment for us to record together because we didn't know how to do it separately. (laughs) And we would print out those like mentions. I know we've told this story before, but we would like print out the tweets about the show. And like I put them in my closet that I recorded in uh, back when I was in school. And I I still have a bunch of those screenshots on my phone, actually. So, um, yeah, it's just been such a fun journey. And we're super excited to do our Q&A episode. We do this every year for our anniversary. Um, You guys always ask really fun and interesting questions. We also have our dinner party updates. I'm a little nervous about my dinner this year, so (laughs) you guys will have to tell us what you think. Um, And then we also, we have some other fun things before we kick off with our dinner party. Um, We've done this for the past couple of years, but Charlotte has some some hot stats she's going to share with us about the show over the past year. So, again, I just want to share the structure. It is a three-part episode. Part one is our dinner party, our update for the year. We'll go through that. Part two is our questions that we received from you, and it's a Q&A style. And then part three, I am creating a clip show. So (laughs) 
We will have a clip show. I thought that we should probably do that for our fifth anniversary. It's a big year. It feels like a milestone year. So I'm going to include some clips of some of our favorite moments, some of the weirdest moments. So I hope you enjoy that. If I will source those episodes in the description in case you wanted to access or listen to any of them. So I'm going to hit you with some hot stats, okay? I'm ready for the hot stats. Okay. So, Keelan, we had – this year, we had 40 podcast episodes that we created, which feels like a nice round number. It does. Yeah. We had – this is a big one – 20 TV show discussion episodes. That also includes Visions, Tartakovsky, Clone Wars, and The Bad Batch. 20 is a lot. Big it number. a lot. Yeah. We had four High Republic episodes where we talked Ooh. about four High Republic books. Um, I feel like that was a big thing that happened this year, honestly, in 2021. That was – it's so it's so crazy to, for me to think about that the High Republic has only been with us for one, one year. year. Yeah. And also because I think – correct me if I'm wrong, but I think last year on our anniversary in 2020, we discovered that we – are our anniversary at the beginning of the year in 2021, we discovered that we hadn't done any book reviews in 2020. Oh my God. I don't know if that's true. I don't remember I th- that. I that think that's crazy. true. I think it is true. And then we were like, all right, well, we've got the High Republic and yeah. We Here we really, go. <laughs> yeah, we really enjoyed that. But it was like, you don't do any book reviews. Here is an entire uh, book universe. <laughs> I think that tw- just just as a caveat, we do a lot of book reviews on this show if you we haven't do. listened before, but 2020 was just a hard reading year. You can probably guess why. So 2021 though was like the High Republic is here and it yeah. is painful and it is good. <laughs> and here are four episodes. That also doesn't include the interviews, by the way. We did an interview with Claudia Gray, um, but four High Republic discussion episodes basically. Yeah. So how many interviews then? That brings me to our last stat. We did 11 interviews this year, which is by far the largest amount of interviews we've done in any year. Yeah, I really can't believe that num- that number. <laughs> it it seems is so high. crazy. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, a lot of that was us getting really lucky and Lucasfilm asking us to do some of these press junkets, which we've never yeah. done before huge blessing in our lives and it was just the it has been the coolest experience ever yeah like ever it was it's just so great so that definitely added to the number which is awesome yeah those were those were so fun those were such a learning experience too about what to expect how to prepare a question even during like a roundtable interview that's not something we had really done before um so there was such a such a great experience throughout 2021 so yeah, that was really fun. And I can't yeah. forget our like our last – I think our last press junket one was with the creators of the Lego Terrifying Tales, and they gifted us the term breadth of play, breadth which of I think play. really carried us through the end of 2021 on the show. Absolutely. I loved that interview. That was so was fun. Tough. It was a really fun interview, yeah. And honestly, we've talked about this before on our anniversary episodes, but one of our goals as podcasters was to become more comfortable with interviews. Yeah. And – I honestly, I feel like we have. I feel, yeah. I feel really confident when we go into interviews. I feel confident in the questions we ask, and I, it's it's been a work in progress for us. Um, just because <laughs> I have done that before in like my own 
you know, college newspaper experience, but that's it, right? And I I think that going from that to this is a little different because you're so passionate about it. You're so excited about who you're talking to. That's the other thing that no one really tells you is that when you're such a big fan and you have a Star Wars podcast like this, when you're talking to someone who is just so extremely cool, it's hard to maintain cool, especially for me. So. I feel like we – it's been a work in progress and I'm really proud of us for that. And the opportunities that we have gotten are just – I feel so lucky. Yeah. We were were really lucky this year with our interviews. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you going to quiz me on the top episodes? Because I I actually don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I prepared a a little quiz for Charlotte about our most popular episodes from every year of the show so far. So do you want to do you want to start 2017 and go down or you want to start 2021? Sure. sure. Let's do 2017 and down. 2017. Okay. So I'll give you like some options, like a multiple choice situation. Okay. So what do you think was our most popular episode from 2017? And I will caveat by saying I did not – for 2017 and 2019, I did not count the Last Jedi reaction or mm. the Tross reaction because those just – are insane. Yeah, because you have a lot of people that are just looking that aren't going to listen to a podcast but just want a reaction, you know, like like the general audience really gets on those types of episodes. So, I I felt like it wasn't fair <laughs> to have the TLJ and Tross reactions. So, in 2017, not counting TLJ immediate reaction. What was the most popular episode between our introduction, the Machete Phantom Menace episode, or Kylo Redemption? Kylo Redemption. It was Kylo Redemption. Uh, but the intro is actually not far off, which honestly, I kind of thought that the intro would be the most popular. And this is cumulatively over the past five years, not just within 2017. Um, but I kind of thought because of that, the intro might come out as most popular because I know we've heard from a number of people who, God bless their souls, they're like, I listened to your podcast. And then I went back and started from the beginning. Um, and listen to all episodes from the beginning, which, again, God Pull bless up, your soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of thought that people who do that kind of thing or like, like you know, sometimes I'm like that with YouTubers I like to where I, you know, find them and then I go back and like li- watch their very first few videos to kind of see what they were like when they first started versus who they are now. So anyway, all that being said, I kind of thought the intro would squeak out. Um, but no, it was Kylo Redemption, which also makes sense. So for 2018, I did include some TLJ episodes in this. Um, So your options for 2018 are the TLJ character discussion, the TLJ novelization, speculating episode nine, and Ahsoka's lasting impact. Okay, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I think it's speculating episode nine. It is speculating episode nine. Um, Heck yeah. <laughs> yes. But then, okay. Then I was surprised, though, because the TLJ novelization is was actually more downloaded than TLJ character discussion. And Ahsoka's Lasting Impact was actually our second most popular episode of 2018. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I feel like yeah. that reached a lot of people. It did, yeah. Um, okay, 2019 gets a little tricky. I am going to cut out our Tross coverage. Uh, for 2019 for this question because again the trust coverage was just like so much more popular <laughs> than everything else 
Yeah. Which on the one hand, I can be a little depressed about that, but I, you know. <laughs> oh, we, we provided really good coverage. It's okay. We did. I, I really enjoyed our coverage, um, especially our, I think my, one of my favorite Tross things that we did um, in 2019 was our analysis of the art of the Rise of Skywalker exactly. book. That was a really fun one. Um, so these are not Tross episodes. Um, so our most popular episode from 2019, we have Discussing Raylo. Lightsaber color theory, Padme Amidala, or concealment. Discussing Raylo. It is discussing Raylo. Again, I almost felt like I should have cut that out, but yes. <laughs> discussing Raylo was far and above our most popular episode. This is the funniest thing to me because right. everyone's always like, Raylo's not that popular. I remember this being a thing yeah. like before the Rise of Skywalker, and I was like, you guys need to take a look at our stats. <laughs> it is out of the water. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is. What I did think was interesting too, though, um, not and it kind of surprised me, but also not really, is that our Tross final speculation episode was more downloaded than our Chapter 1 Mandalorian episode. Whoa. Which usually our, you know, like – See the first episode of the Clone Wars season seven. You know all the all the kickoff episodes for new Star Wars shows are usually some of our more popular episodes uh, for a year. Um, but the fact that these came out kind of together, anyway, I thought that the speculation episode doing better than Chapter One of Mandalorian was a really interesting uh, discovery. Um, and also, I was also really excited though to learn that so after discussing Raylo um, concealment was our next most popular episode of 2019 which that's kind of the first time our one of our like themed episodes has come in to like our more more popular episodes um and i concealment's one of my favorite uh like themed episodes that we've done i love the concealment episode and then uh padme was our third most popular after that nice yeah all right so for 2020 an interesting year. Again, I'm also not putting in our Tross critical analysis episode because yeah, blows everything else <laughs> out of the water. Um, so not counting Tross a critical analysis. Um, are you pick, sorry, pick the most popular episode between our three-year anniversary special, the Clone Wars trailer reaction, Sacrifice, or the Clone Wars Siege of Mandalore Part 2? Siege of Mandalore Part 2. It is not. This one surprised me so much. It's the three-year three anniversary, isn't it? It's the three-year anniversary. I know why. Well. It's because everyone wanted our reaction to the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, that is why. Yeah. <laughs> is <it>? And <laughs> I was like, uh, I should, I'm just going to vote Clone Wars because I know those are really highly downloaded. But I'm like, I know it's the three-year anniversary. Because <laughs> what happened was, I just want to let everyone know, is – we had our initial reaction of the Rise of Skywalker, and then we waited a little bit before we did our critical analysis, which is about six hours long. And <laughs> that took us a while to get to that point. It's a, a two-part episode. A month. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So the first episode that we released in 2020 after our reaction was our three-year anniversary. So it makes yeah. sense because our reaction was super highly downloaded, a big, a big thing for our yeah. podcast downloads. So I'm like – I remember being like, people are like looking at us, waiting for that like right. further analysis, yeah. and we were not giving it to them. 
<laughs> we almost we famously famously almost did not do a trust critical analysis. We I was never gonna let that happen. N- no, there there I remember there was the point where we were both like, I don't know if I can go do through it. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So then finally we've come to 2021. Uh. So these are your four options for 2021. We have our Light of the Jedi discussion, the first book from the High Republic, the Dark Side discussion, the Unraveling the Dark Side in Revenge of the Sith episode, and also the first episode of our summer series, Knowing Kenobi, the King of Swords. I'm going to say Knowing Kenobi, King of Swords. That is incorrect. I know. I know. It is actually the Dark Side. Dang! Wow. I know. I was I was very surprised. I'm it actually so happy about that. I know to put them in order. So the dark side was our most popular, and then uh, Light of the Jedi was actually our second most popular, and then Knowing Kenobi, and then our Revenge of the Sith episode. Wow! Yeah, very interesting. Super interesting. I yeah. that's that it, that's actually really rewarding because people should know that that episode had been planned for. I'm not kidding. Years, like two years. Two years. At yeah. least. Yeah. So I'm so happy that – and it had been scrapped. Like we were going to do it. Then we scrapped it. We were going to do it. Scrapped it. And then we, we finally did it. We started recording it at one point, I think. Yeah. And it yeah, just and it wasn't working. It just wasn't coming together. And then – so I'm, I'm so happy about that. That is yeah. great. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, so yeah, that's that's Sky Talkers <laughs> for the past five years. Um, yeah, like by the I, numbers, by, by the numbers. <laughs> by all your stats that you could ever want about Sky Talkers. I don't know if anyone really cares about that, but I find it interesting. I think it's really interesting, especially like once you cut out, um, you know, like the film premieres the heavy and hitters. stuff. Yeah, I because yeah, you have like a lot more general audience that just kind of wants to hear um, from people in the Star Wars fandom space, but they're they're not interested in anything else like they only see the movies which um that's just how some people like to experience star wars um could never be me (laughs) (laughs) not me but it's totally fine (laughs) (laughs) i mean you do you i guess but so like once you take those out those types of episodes out i actually think it's really interesting seeing where people kind of go back to like in 2019 that our like lightsaber color theory episode is is one of our more popular episodes is surprising because I always feel like no one's listened to that episode but then I went back and I was like oh people have listened to it (laughs) I feel like we always say people don't listen to that episode but it constantly come comes up Maybe that's why more people have come back and listened to it because we're always like, no one listens to this episode. Yeah, but it's like not true at all. I know. (laughs) So now I have to stop saying that. Uh, Now we can just talk about our uh, crawl episode. That no one listens listens to the crawl episode. And I really like that episode. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. But yeah. Are you ready to talk about our dinner party? I'm ready to talk about our dinner parties. Let's do it. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. All right, welcome to part one, which is Sky Talkers Dinner Party. If you are a brand new listener or it's been a minute since you've heard the Sky Talkers Dinner Party story, um, here it is. Um, when Charlotte and I were younger and we had run out of things to talk about, we would uh, ask each other if you could only invite five Star Wars people, so cast, crew, characters, creatures, anyone, uh, to a dinner party, who would it be? You only have five spots. Um, so we've been discussing this question 
for over a decade now. And it is also the question that we ask every guest who comes on our show, too. We ask them who they would invite to their dinner party. Um, and what's been fun, too, is when we've done these, like, short little press junkets um, where we only have, like, maybe 15 to 20 minutes to talk to a creator. Um, we don't obviously ask them the full five-person dinner party because uh, we don't have time. But we do get to hear, like, little one-offs like if you could have dinner with one Star Wars character or creator who would it be and it's always fun to hear kind of that oh immediately this is the one person that I would want to have dinner with Um, especially from creators it's just I think it's such a fun question and hearing people's responses is so great but Charlotte and I only answer this question ourselves not only but we usually only answer this question for ourselves on our anniversary episodes and we do an updated dinner every year Yes, because it was our first episode. So we revisit it every year. Let me say that again. So we revisit it every single year on the day that we recorded. I actually think this is the day that we recorded, by the way. Uh, Like specifically, we're recording this on the 9th. Our anniversary is on the 11th. Um, And I count obviously the day that we uploaded the episode versus the day we recorded it. But I I honestly think it might be today. So that's awesome. Um, so we go through it. Caitlin, maybe you want to go through our first dinners and last year's dinners. And if you're interested in seeing our full dinners, like every year, I have a page on our website and I'll link that. Um, so you can see that. Yeah. What I think is crazy, Charlotte, before we jump off is someone that we had talked to about podcasting fairly early on in our podcasting career had told us that the Sky Talkers, the dinner party question was not a good thing to ask people. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And it was so crazy (laughs) to me. There's so many things about podcasting. I just – if you ever want to go into podcasting, you have to stick with your gut, okay? Yeah. And that is something that people will come at you with all this information about what you should do, how to make it as a successful podcaster. I don't think we've made it at all, okay? But I am proud of what we put out every other week. And in order to do that, you have to stick to your guns. You have to stick to who you are. You have to be honest with yourself. And when this question is so deeply ingrained, like Caitlin said, in our own friendship, and guess what this podcast is? Our own friendship. So we have to we have to stick by it. And it is so crazy because every time we ask someone this on our show that's a guest, they love it. It's so yeah, fun. It's and it really is, fun. It has been something that people remember too. We've had people tell us that from previous guests. And I'm really proud of that. I know you're really proud of it. And I'm so happy that we were like, no, that's definitely yeah. <laughs> not yeah. not something that we're not going to do. Yeah. Well, because we, we had been brainstorming about like things because we'd only had a couple episodes out at the time. And we've been brainstorming about ways to kind of, you know, make the show stand out more, things that were kind of like a calling card for us, like as a show, as a Star Wars show. And, um, you know, talking about the possibility of interviewing future people and, you know, having something that listeners could expect every time they heard us or heard us have an interview. And, you know, we were talking about it and we we're like, oh, well, you know, we do this thing where we talk about like our, a dinner party, a make-believe dinner party with, for Star Wars. And, yeah, we were discouraged from <laughs> uh, pursuing that as something as like a, a staple on our show. But, um yeah, like Charlotte said, if you if you know who you are, um, having that like 
your identity as a show or something you just feel strongly about because I wouldn't even say that we had a clearly defined identity or could describe what our identity was as a Star Wars show back then. Um, but yeah, trusting your gut and uh, sticking with it even when someone is telling you not to because yeah, the dinner party is one of my favorite things. I'll never forget what it was Matt Martin who the one person he couldn't bring to a dinner party, he brought Dooku in pajamas and like where else are you going to get con- pajama Dooku? Where else are you going to get content like Matt Martin and pajama Dooku? <laughs> this is so good. Okay, we've gotten some amazing answers, and it yeah. has been so great. Anyway, yeah. Caitlin, go through our yeah. Okay, so our very first year, 2017, our very first episode, Charlotte brought, and she has comments by some of her people. Charlotte brought Ryan Johnson, which she said, "I just want to know things." She brought Gareth Edwards. She brought Freddie Prince Jr. She brought Carrie Fisher, and she brought Dave Filoni, in which she commented, I want to see what what comes out at the dinner. My very first dinner, I brought Dave Filoni, Gareth Edwards, to which I said, I want Dave and Gareth to host their own podcast. I also brought Carrie Fisher, Ewan McGregor, and Mark Hamill. And last year, Charlotte brought Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson, Leslie Headland, Deborah Chow, and Hayden Christensen. And last year, I brought Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson, Ann Convery, Kelly Marie Tran, and Carrie Fisher. A freaking good dinner. Both of them are amazing. (laughs) I feel like you – the object of this, of course, is good conversation. The object can be anything. Yeah, you know what? You're right. The object can be whatever you want. But I think usually the object is good conversation and – yeah, I think we we would we nailed it with both these dinners. I feel like we yeah. nail it basically every year, but because you can't really go that wrong, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> that's what's good about this question is that every answer is an interesting answer. Yeah. But I have to be honest, my dinner this year is pretty boring. <laughs> I I've got such a plot twist in this dinner. You're literally oh never gonna see it coming. Okay, so Caitlin, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to just unload the entire like oh. five? Or do you yeah. want to do like one and one and one? Okay. Uh, yeah, we usually do one and one. So I think you should just go like all in. All right. So as I warned, my dinner is extremely boring and it's a guy's night. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> and me, I guess. Okay. So <laughs> um so let's go. Again, it's so boring, guys. I'm so sorry. Okay. Number one, George Lucas. Oh, gotta have okay. Him. okay. And the reason why is because as a composite, this dinner is quite interesting. All right. George Lucas. Number two, Dave Filoni. He has to come. Number three, first timer for me, all right? Get ready. John Favreau. I I thought you would do this. Okay, go yeah. on. Okay. Number four, Hayden Christensen. He's coming again. Number five, Ewan McGregor. So we have George, Dave, John, mm-hmm. Hayden, and Ewan, all guys all working on stuff except for George Lucas, and here's why, all right? Dave Filoni and John are a solid combo. I like to watch them talk to each other because I find it funny, and I also think they're making amazing Star Wars right now, which is great, and I want to hear about it, hear about the process. We are right now, as we are recording it, only two episodes into the Book of Boba Fett. I am absolutely blown away, and I want to hear more about it. We haven't really gotten that much from John or Dave, really, about the show. I want to hear more. But the wild card here is that John Favreau and George Lucas are at the same dinner. This, and, yeah. Yeah. So 
John and George together is in Keelan and I's headcanon. We were th- we always are like John is trying to impress George. Anytime George comes to the Mandalorian set, he's like, "Here, hold the baby." see this look at all this cool technology and john is rightfully like he is rightfully showing off to george right every single time we see this if i can just interject for first time listeners charlotte and i have a very carefully crafted head personal headcanon of the directors specifically across all of star wars and particularly how george views all of the directors for star wars not just the films but the tv shows too so this is all our personal speculation and, again, a very carefully crafted headcanon um, right. about it's how George feels. It's simply speculation. These exactly. people are real people and exactly. I just – I want to make that clear. This is just speculation as a fan, okay? Regardless, in my speculatory world, I want to see George and John have a conversation over dinner, okay? Not on a set. Not on a set. I, I want to see it with Dave there as well because Dave knows George. I miss – the interactions between Dave and George. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear George be really proud of Dave. And I I can never get enough of that. I want to hear about that. I want to hear what George thinks about the new technology. I personally feel like George is probably impressed by the Book of Boba Fett and things like that. Um, so I, I want to hear about that, right? And then Hayden and Ewan, I want them to be there because I want them to be there. I love them both. Obi-Wan Kenobi is what I am the most excited about yesterday. A video dropped <laughs> in which Hayden Christensen oh <laughs> made the force be with you. And um, it was for Force for Change, which is a charitable organization. And it was honestly to me like the beginning of Hayden doing like press work. And it took me to a place that I just haven't been to since 2005. So <laughs> I am ready. I'm ready for them to um, be all together. So again, my guy's dinner is just really good. I also want to say, I want to defend John Favreau again, because I feel like we've been a little critical of him. We like to like poke fun at his like that deep cut type vibes <laughs> that he brings to the gallery. But true. if I think about it a lot, like John Favreau and I have similar interests. Okay. Dude loves Star Wars. Dude loves mythology. Dude loves movies, film, film it's history. Also- technology and you know what he's like he what he likes the most food and i really respect that okay it's true and for that reason i feel like we're really similar and he's just i don't know i don't know i feel like we've been a little critical of him on the show because we like to jab fun about the deep cuts the throwing in the cameos things like that and it's all in 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 good fun okay but i want to have dinner with him first time that he's been invited and i'm very excited about that I think you could also ask him what he was doing at Skywalker Ranch that day that we saw him. That too. If, okay, again, if this is your first time listening, Caitlin and I saw him drive by when we went to go drive by, drive by Skywalker <laughs> Ranch in 2021 when we were in Napa. We decided to drive by Skywalker Ranch. We were not invited. Someday maybe we'll be invited, but we, we've never been invited <laughs> to, to Skywalker Ranch. Just to be completely Ranch. clear. <laughs> yeah, we just did a drive-by, okay? Yeah. And um, you know who also did a drive-by? Yeah. <laughs> John yeah. Favreau. That's true. So – we have been in close proximity to him, not yeah. just there, at also the solo premiere. So that is that. And I would like to say that he is invited to my dinner. I am excited about my dinner, even though it is quite boring. I think, End of no, story. I actually think the John and Hayden combo would be a really interesting one. Like, I almost think you should sit them next to each other. Okay. See, I, I to me, at round table, okay, me, 
It goes me. We're going counterclockwise. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Me. George. Dave. John. No, no, no. All right. Me. George. John. Dave. Hayden. Ewan. I'm not sitting next to Hayden. I think I would die. So... I'm sitting next to Ewan, who I would also die in front of. So, <laughs> I I like your dinner actually. I think it's a very interesting dinner. Okay, thanks. We chose all guys. <laughs> all right, all right. Are you ready for my dinner? I don't know if I am. I don't right. think you are. She was really agonizing over this. She before we record, she's like, "I need ten minutes." Like, <laughs> and she like put herself on mute and was like, <laughs> away. Um, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's okay, go. I have. Uh, a couple first timers. First, Leslie Headland. Okay, all right. Second, Matt Martin. Wow. Okay. Third, Mingna Wen. Nice. Fourth. Okay. Fourth. Okay, I still have like two options in my lineup, but I think I think I know who I got to go with. Okay. Commit. Commit. Fourth, Gareth. Fifth, Colin Trevorrow. Whoa. <laughs> 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 the way you just were like, bam, bam. <laughs> okay, so here's my reaction. So glad one of us brought Colin Trevor up. <laughs> he was – the thing is, is that I felt like I had to bring Hayden and you in together. But yeah. if I didn't bring either of them, it was going to be Colin Trevor. If you haven't listened to our Jewel of the Fates discussion, Caitlin and I are kind of on it right now. Like we're, we're kind of like – that and was that an interesting yeah. read. Like want to talk to you about that, want to hear about – everything that was going on and i will say if i didn't bring hayden and you and i was going to bring kathleen kennedy and colin trevorrow <laughs> it was going to be see, a real okay. messy dinner that, that that's too much see yeah. i the structure of my dinner i've got gareth and colin i feel like there's room there for a, a lot of tea um and matt is there too which I think I've invited Matt before. And I also I invited Matt specifically after Tross for also kind of like a gossip session. And I still feel like he would fit in nicely with Colin and Gareth. Um, and then Leslie, I think she would um, partake in kind of any gossip that is going on while also kind of talking about how the acolyte is going to be so different and like all these things. Like I think that would be a really interesting dynamic. And then I kind of think that Ming-Na Wen and I would just have like a really fun time like drinking and listening to everyone else uh, kind of spill tea um, about a lot of things that I'm interested in because right like with Colin we could talk about Duel of the Fates but then like Matt would be like counteract with like why it wouldn't have worked and stuff like that but then we would also hear like Gareth's perspective of like everything that happened with like Rogue One and like all of the changes that happened there and so there could be like a little like a compare and contrast session I don't know I yeah, this is my dinner for this year. <laughs> All right. It's a good one. I'm here yeah. for it. You know, there was a recent article that came out on StarWars.com with the fifth five-year anniversary of Rogue One where Gareth did a lot of discussion about his time yeah. working on Rogue One. And it is such a good article if you haven't read it. It's on StarWars.com. Highly recommend it. And it just reminded me about how great of a person it feels like Gareth yeah. Edwards is. And for that reason, that's why he was part of my 2017, my first Star Wars dinner party that we did on the show. Yeah. And so I, I fully support your answer. I actually like your dinner. I think it's pretty good. I would uh, like to go to it. You haven't yeah. commented on the one thing about my dinner yet, though. What? 
this is the first year that Dave has not been invited to my dinner. <gasps> I know. I know. Did, did I know. you agonize over this? I did. I did. I did. Um, Why aren't you inviting him? <laughs> <laughs> What's Why? the deal? <laughs> okay. It was because I I was thinking real hard about the logistics of this, and I was like, I just don't know about the the Colin, Matt, Dave combo, you know? Even though you asked in 2017 at our dinner, at your dinner, that you wanted Dave and Gareth to host a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, but it's the Dave and – well, and at that time, too, I had had Ryan also. Like, I would had Ryan and Dave. They're kind of like my staples. Um, so it, Gareth wasn't even in the picture yet. Gareth, Gareth was – it was – I was between Ryan and Gareth for the last spot. Um, but I kind of – but I thought that, like, the Colin and Gareth combination would be a really interesting combination. But I, I – that. Yeah, but I was kind of like, Colin and Dave, like, I just – I don't know if I would get what I want. Like if if the environment could be loose enough to get the mm. tea that I want. You know what I mean? Because okay. I feel like maybe in some ways Dave like is a boss. Um, and like Matt is also like in that executive boss. Like they all are, right? Like they're all like directors, <laughs> writers, actresses. Like they're very public facing creatives. Okay? It's, all, it's all me. I, I'm the one that's not a boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like I might not get exactly what I want out of the dinner with like a, a Colin Matt Dave combo. But I feel like with the right drinks mm. <laughs> with this group, I could have a fascinating conversation about the what ifs and the what ifs and the what to comes in Star Wars. And okay. I feel like it could be I feel like it'll it would be the type of conversation where I would record it, but then that that recording would combust at the end of the dinner and and then I wouldn't remember any of the conversation right but I would know intrinsically that like tea was spilled anyway that is my that's my 2022 dinner for it good job we did it another year another dinner one day we're actually gonna have the dinner (laughs) someday and it's gonna be like I think I'm gonna be like levitating out of body experience (laughs) And I'm not going to be able to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. That's how I yeah. feel because it's just so mythical to me. <laughs> it really is at this point. It's like even if you had – I mean, granted, a lot of the people that we invite are like, you know, George Lucas. Do I anticipate ever having I'm dinner with George, have to George Lucas? I'm never going to have George Lucas. No. I, I, yeah. With Ryan Johnson, not going to happen. Adam Driver, absolutely not. Laura Santeca, definitely not going to have a dinner with him. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, there are worlds where other things could happen, possibilities. But, yeah. Anyway. I love the Sky Talkers dinner party question. It is always so much fun. Um, if you've never thought about your own dinner party or told us who you would invite, please do. A lot People don't usually tell us like over Twitter and stuff, but when they do, it's usually in response to our anniversary episode. So if you're listening to this, hop on Twitter, Sky Talkers Pod, and tell us who you would invite to your dinner because we seriously love reading your answers. We, you could also email us. You could Hello email us at too. skytalkers.com. Or you can email just me, Caitlin, at skytalkers.com. So sure. You could. <laughs> or me, Charlotte, at skytalkers.com. <laughs> so the trick here that. is that it all goes to the same email account. True. True. <laughs> but if you send it to me, just me, I, I'll, I'll get it first, and I won't tell Charlotte. It'll be a secret. Okay. okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, Caitlin, are you ready to answer some questions from listeners? I'm so excited. Yes. 
Welcome to part two, where we're going to be discussing questions that you submitted to us. So first, we're going to go through our questions submitted on Patreon from our patrons, and then questions that we received on email and Twitter and other sources. So let's get going. So our first question is from a patron named Joey. Not sure if you answered this before, but how do your opinions about Boba Fett pre-Mandalorian compare to your opinions of him now? This is a very good question, Joey. And our opinions have changed a lot on Boba Fett. And I don't want to make this too long of an answer because I'm sure we'll be talking about it uh, in the actual book of Boba Fett discussions as we move through the season. But I think for Charlotte and I, so to be honest, when we were younger, we had quite a negative view of Boba Fett, I think because we couldn't understand the hype associated with him. And uh, it seemed like he was just so popular. And I think we were always asking, like, for what? <laughs> um, and I think, too, a big a big part of that for us, honestly, was our very first celebration when we were 17 years old. And Boba Fett was the, uh, the main character art. Like, he was – It was the 30th anniversary of – Empire Strikes Back. So it yeah. was like, it was everywhere. Everywhere. He was on all the badges, on all the posters, everywhere. And at that time, it was like, Charlotte and I were dressed as Padme and Leia for that celebration. And like, those were the only two lead female characters that you could dress as. And we were like, these are our only options. And this guy, Bounty Hunter, who, you know, at the time I was like, does nothing gets to be front and center like (laughs) like it just it didn't make sense and I think honestly I think that's where a lot of our initial opinions about Boba Fett kind of stemmed from um but obviously that was a long time ago and as time has gone on I think you and I have both kind of understood the attraction to the character like Boba Fett a lot more even pre-Mandalorian and pre-Book of Boba Fett but now that we're seeing this like new side to him um we've talked about it in the in the episode our first reaction to Book of Boba Fett but it's like a completely different character and someone that I'm really interested in and the second episode of Book of Boba Fett is I think one of my all-time favorite episodes of Star Wars television so If that tells you anything, our opinions of him have changed a lot. And I think that's some of the magic of Star Wars storytelling is that things can change, right? Like, I was so not a fan when I was younger, even up through the past, like, five years, I would say. Um, But now I'm incredibly invested in this character and what his motivations are, how he views himself and his past, um, all of it. So they've changed you know, a hundred percent. Yeah, me too. I have to say, I've always appreciated the commitment to the aesthetic of Boba Fett. It's true. And Caitlin and I have a jacket from her universe that we love. We've worn so much. It's like maybe one of my most worn pieces of clothing <laughs> for Star Wars. And it was when we got it, we were like, Ugh. <laughs> how do we feel about this considering our own emotions about it and we continue to wear it. it's a good jacket and okay. the commitment to the aesthetic is something I've always appreciated about Boba Fett and that's why I feel like our opinion of him started from like the bottom right and now I think we really like it we really like him we really I don't know I feel like I fully appreciate the history the yeah. the chase really about like the the toys too is just something I never really experienced so when since Caitlin and I are in our late 20s like it's just wasn't really part of our upbringing or anything like that so I 
I feel like I from hearing from different fans it's like I fully appreciate that now and I think it's really cool and also like I wasn't really into neither was Caitlin the gunslinger characters until my older age and now I'm like into them in a big way and I just it wasn't what I was into when I was a teenager and that's that's just it basically like period um and like Caitlin mentioned that when we looked around it was not the thing that we were seeing that much but at the same time, like, I think that we fully understand now, especially, but even then, like, why someone would be into this character, because he's freaking cool looking, right? Like, you can't deny that. And we couldn't deny it then either, but it was a little eye rolly. But we love it now. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay, our next question is from Anders, who asked, which alien cultures do you wish we could learn more about in canon storytelling? Okay, for me, I would like to learn more about Wookiees, actually, because I think there's more there than what we've gotten. Um, I think Chewbacca is an all-time character of all time in all film, and what we have is stuff from the holiday special. So, and I guess Revenge of the Sith, too, but not really that much. I don't know. I'd like to learn more about Wookiees. Um, Yeah. Creatures and Aliens to me is sort of similar to the Boba Fett thing where for me, Star Wars is about the interpersonal relationships and the filmmaking history and doing this podcast, I have been opened up to more interests that I know people have um, and it has made me like them even more Um, and aliens and like creatures and the creature builds and like, I don't know, all of that has been of interest to me as of late um when it really wasn't when I was younger yeah this is a hard question for me because I had a couple different answers but I think I want to go with the caretakers from the last Jedi I want to know more yeah I want to know more about them how they got there the whole deleted scene from the last Jedi with it's like the party where the the males would come right to yeah. do the party with from, the female caretakers. Yeah, they come from sea. Yeah, and then they're there, a party, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Pirates of the Caribbean kind of <laughs> like come from the ship once a year or however long. But yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to learn more about them. Um, how long do they live? What have they seen there? Do they like Luke at all? Um, yeah, I I would like to learn more about the caretakers actually. That's a really good answer. Yeah. Okay. So our next question is from our friend Savannah. Savannah asks, if you had an unlimited budget to travel to any of the Star Wars related filming locations, where would you go and what would you do there? This is a super hard question for me to answer. Yeah, this is really hard. I mean, I would, in some ways, I would say like Iceland, even though you and I went to Iceland together, but like, I want to go back to Iceland together, which I think would be really fun. But I could do a cheeky answer and say, like, I even though we were just there, I want to go to where they shot the Ewok movie because that would, in conjunction, also mean I get to go to Skywalker Ranch. Like, if it's, like, a, a round trip kind of thing. Like, I imagine that if we – Smart. Very smart. Yeah. Like, I imagine if we went to where they shot the Ewok movies, which they shot some of the scenes of the Redwood Forests right outside Skywalker Ranch because Lucas Valley Road has the Redwoods along that road. Um, I feel like someone would be like, you know what? Let's just take a quick pit stop at the ranch 
And I'd be like, awesome. Just so you know, I'm never leaving. I am moving in. (laughs) So I feel like maybe that. (laughs) Or I could just buy a golden ticket situation to go to Skywalker Ranch. (laughs) That too. Yeah. So for me, I... I, I like your cheeky answer. I think that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So I love to travel. Um, and like I really want to go to two places that are in conjunction with Star Wars. I would love to go see the homestead in Tunisia. Yeah. Um, and I would also really like to go to Ireland and go to like uh, Skellig Michael and everything. I really yeah. want to do that. I feel like in the next five years I'm definitely going to do the Ireland trip. Um, however, okay, because the question is unlimited budget to travel to any Star Wars related filming location, my unlimited budget is going to include a stay at Villa Bablianello in Lake Como where they filmed Attack of the Clones. Yes. And th- so that's like, that's the thing is that this question includes unlimited budget. I feel like I could go to Ireland like tomorrow if I really wanted to do that. Right. Yeah. But I, I can never go to stay in this villa without an unlimited budget, you know? That's true. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm answering. And you know what? I've been there. I've visited. But I want to stay there, okay? I want to stay there in full Padme cosplay. Oh, my God. With the curls and the nightgown in the morning. Oh, my God. Right? Yes. I will say, too, like, if I'm also thinking about, like, an actual, like, vacation, right? The place where they filmed uh, for Canto Bite – that I think oh, would be, my gosh, yeah, that would be really fun. Gotcha, I think, too. yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, would love to do that. See, those are those are like gorgeous, beautiful. Not saying those other ones aren't because they really are, they totally are, but like both of those are like luxury yeah. trips, <laughs> and so that's where the unlimited budget comes in. <laughs> that's where I'm putting my money, <laughs> yeah. So that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it, yeah. Okay, our next question is from Molly, and it's a question for me that says, Caitlin, how has your training as a historian impacted how you view and analyze Star Wars content and themes? So if you don't know, I work uh, as an architectural historian, and uh, in graduate school, I was studying historic preservation. Um, I also studied anthropology and art history in undergrad, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, but I think as a historian, I think that, and I think I don't think this is just me. I think this is actually very much a Sky Talkers thing. So for Charlotte too, um, but correct me if you think I'm not correct. <laughs> uh, but I think kind of a brand of our show is oftentimes looking at, at things very big picture with Star Wars, like the the at a very high level. And I mean, like, I feel like you and I do a good job of connecting storylines through different pieces of Star Wars and often like especially in the middle of the sequel trilogy a lot of our speculation was not just about what is happening in like episode nine for example it was like what is happening in episode nine because of what happened in episodes one two three four five six seven and eight Um, I feel like you and I very much keep that high level kind of bird's eye perspective on a lot of Star Wars, um, which has its pros and cons because I would also say you and I do not know the nitty gritty of everything that goes on in Star Wars. Sometimes. Sometimes. uh, Yeah. Sometimes we do, but like sometimes we don't. Um, But I think that that high level perspective is probably something that I, that has been aided by my training as a historian 
I think too because like specifically when you're looking at buildings like historic buildings and what I do you're never looking at a building as it was when it was constructed you're looking at every other piece that has been added on to the building over time and how all of those additions material changes and people who have come and gone from that house have changed it have impacted it so it's not just that a house was built in 18 in the 1880s it's like built in the 1880s. It had a detached kitchen that was attached to it in the 1920s. It had new windows and new siding that was added onto it in the 50s that completely changed how it looked. Um, And then so-and-so moved in and did this thing there. And that had a ripple effect in the community. Like You're kind of looking at all these things together to craft a narrative about a place um, throughout time, not just one specific period. And so I think that that is something that I feel like you and I both kind of keep that perspective on Star Wars um, as far as like all the films together. And even when we're talking about people like Dave and George, who we followed their careers for a long time now, someone like Dave in particular, who we've followed from the quote unquote beginning of his Star Wars journey and how like his perspective of Star Wars has changed or his direction in Star Wars has changed, how it stayed the same um, and the same for George too. So I think that is kind of how how my training as a historian impacts how I look at Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Somali also asked another question for both of us. She said, uh, since Anakin is one of my favorite characters, I have to ask, do you all have a favorite dramatic or funny Anakin moment? Okay, so my I have two, dramatic and funny, Okay. Dramatic, I think, is when the single tear goes down his face in Mustafar. Um, it's before Padme arrives. He's standing on the like outside platform. Um, I just think it's a really good moment because there's a feeling of regret or confusion or just all the things that he's done that I don't think actually gets talked about enough personally um, in regards to Anakin's own character. Um, and my favorite funny Anakin moment I would probably choose something from the Clone Wars if I had more like time to think about this, but I feel like my favorite funny Anakin moment is when he falls in the bloopers, which isn't even Anakin. It's just Hayden Christensen. So, <laughs> but I, I think that sometimes that sort of vibe is like turned into Anakin in the Clone Wars too, which Very I always funny, love. Yeah. yeah. So love Anakin, favorite character. So go. <laughs> uh, my favorite dramatic moment is also from Revenge of the Sith when Anakin is walking uh, with the 501st for the first time. And it's that shot overhead. I think He's walking into the Jedi Temple. Um, I love that moment. Uh, it's been my favorite moment literally Forever. since, yeah, since the very beginning of my Star Wars journey. So it never gets old. Uh, so that's my favorite dramatic moment. My favorite funny moment would also be from the Clone Wars. I got to say the meme of him writing R2-D2 is <laughs> hilarious. And then I also love, um, I think it's one of the Geonosis episodes from like season two, but him and Ahsoka having that, uh, <laughs> it's really bad when you say it out loud, but like a body count bet. Um, oh my gosh, that's so good. Of who with can take down. Yeah, no, not with Plocoon, with Coyote Mundi. Um, oh. yeah. And they like 
are vetting each other who can take down the most droids throughout the whole thing. And they all, I think that's the same episode where they have the argument about where they land. I think it's landing at Point Rain, actually, um, <laughs> where they landed. And Anakin is like, why didn't you prep better? And Ahsoka's like, I did prep. You didn't read the prep. <laughs> Uh, it's just very good Anakin and Ahsoka banter and then at the end of the episode uh, Kaede Mundi like wins he like surprises them all he's like I took out 300 and Anakin and Ahsoka are like wait what (laughs) I love them so much I miss them me too me too it's so great okay so our next question is from Alyssa if Star Wars made a rom-com, which pairing or pairings would you love to see featured and why? Ugh, come on. I feel like this one's the easiest question for me, and it's Raylo. It's going to be Raylo. It's oh. always going to be Raylo. <laughs> I, th- I almost thought you would say Anakin and Padme, honestly. Uh, you know, that is also true, and I was going to say both of them, but for me, Raylo was everything to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like – I, I don't know. Have I have I said this on the show? I feel like I have. Raylo has, like, surpassed my favorite pairing of Anakin, like, Anakin and Padme. I love Anakin and Padme. I will always love Anakin and Padme. But something about Raylo just taps into something that I didn't even know I wanted um, that I'll never be able to be over. I will never yeah. be over Raylo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Raylo uh, writes itself better as rom-com than perhaps Anakin and Padme. Like, yeah. Anakin and Padme are just so angsty as a couple. I mean, love hypothesis? Let's be real. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> that's a book. If you haven't read it, it started as a Raylo fan fiction. It is so good. It's really on the New good. York Times bestseller right now, and it is so amazing. And you're right, because Raylo is so easily put into, like, alternate universes so much easier than Anakin and Padme, yeah. even though the principles of those two pairings are similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. I have a different answer, actually, than Raylo. Wow. Of course it's Raylo, but also uh, Ginger Rose. Uh, <laughs> Rose and Hux <laughs> is, like, kind of such, like, a, a crack shit pairing, but I also love it. Um and I actually think they would work really well in a rom-com situation. Big yeah, enemies to lovers energy. So I think that could be really fascinating, actually. Yeah, I think it, it works because Rose is so stubborn and so and is Hux. so is Hux. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, this is, like, very removed from their own characters, but it's still great. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. That would be great. Yeah. So – I love this next question from Thomas, who has been a longtime listener and a longtime patron of ours. And he said, 2022 could be the year with the most Star Wars content ever. What project are you most excited for and why is it Obi-Wan? Yep, it's Obi-Wan. Yeah, it's Uh, (laughs) Obi-Wan. He knows as well. (laughs) He also asked, uh, and if you had the ability to greenlight any future Star Wars story, what would it be and why? I always feel so much pressure to this question yeah. because th- what power, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you do know we don't actually have this power, right? Yeah, I know, but the hypothetical power. Yeah. Um, right now I'm pretty focused on like, oh, what project? Mm. I really just want Ben Solo back. So I would green light a yeah. Ben Solo back project. <laughs> anything a short form tv show a six episode thing a journey through the world between worlds this is such a boring answer because i know it's been said but 
truthfully, if that if the pen were in my hands and I could sign contracts, that's what I would sign. <laughs> and also, why is it Obi-Wan is as my most excited? I feel like we didn't answer. Yes, it is Obi-Wan for both of us, but yeah. it's Obi-Wan because of Deborah Chow, Deborah Chow Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor. Uh, it's just, uh, oh my God, I, so ready. I, I, I just, I will keep on talking about Ghost Hayden, Ghost Anakin. It's not going to happen. I feel like it's not happening. Obi-Wan. Until I cannot talk about it any longer. <laughs> haunting the haunting of Obi Wan Kenobi. I really hope that, that happens. It is so cool. I wrote a one shot on Twitter actually that had spooky Anakin in it, and it was actually kind of spooky. Like I'm I'm not a writer, um, but I have dabbled in some fan fiction in my time. But I wrote this little one shot about um, Ahsoka coming to visit Obi Wan on Tatooine, like after the events of Revenge of the Sith, and. Obi-Wan is haunted by this ghost of Anakin that just stands menacingly behind Ahsoka with his lightsaber drawn. But of course, Obi-Wan's the only one who can see him. Anyway, it was actually kind of spooky. Like, not going to lie. <laughs> like, if I can pat that myself. It was it was kind of spooky. Um, but yeah, that's what I want for Obi-Wan <laughs> for the show so bad. But aside from my own personal headcanons for what I want, yeah, the fact that Ewan is back, the fact that hate that Hayden is going to be in this uh, with Deborah Chow directing, which she directed some of our, I think actually our favorite episodes from The Mandalorian. Um, it just feels like a fever dream. <laughs> it really Truly. does. I think and the that's thing why is, we're so excited. Yeah, Caitlin and I were in the room when the whole like Kathleen Kennedy asking Ewan McGregor oh if he's going to return as Obi-Wan. And to be honest, that moment, I felt like I had like done – I don't know, some drugs. Like, I felt like... We were on the astral plane. I was on the... We were on the astral plane. And then, Caitlin, we were, like, on the floor screaming. Everyone around us was like, what is happening? But it was so iconic. insane. They brought him out. And it was like this... No. (laughs) No. He, like, walks on the stage. It's like, absolutely not. You you better sit the F down, Ewan, if you're not telling me what I hope you're telling me. Standing up here with Kathleen Kennedy. Yes, that was the thing about it is that it was such fan wish fulfillment that was happening before our eyes in like a really compact manner. It's not like they like drew yeah. that out at all. It was they like did. it was like the first thing about the, uh, exactly. when the Star Wars section started. Yeah, at, at D23. And like he comes out. I was like, this is happening. It's oh my God. And like three minutes later, he said that yes, he's returning to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again. And Oh my god, it really was a fever dream. <laughs> it really was. It was bananas. It was. It was. And uh-huh. so then any sort of like inkling that something similar would happen where we would get Hayden and Ewan on the stage somewhere at like a future celebration or like behind the scenes features, mm-hmm. marketing. Like, mm-hmm. I will I will be insufferable for this show. <laughs> and I just I want everyone we, to be aware. So. We will be. We absolutely will be. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like literally catered directly to me. And to be honest, if Ben Solo came back in a show that I like I just described, I will also be insufferable. And yeah. I'm, I, I will not apologize for that. That's no. why I ha- we have a podcast, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I will be insufferable right along with you. But yeah, if I had the ability to greenlight any future Star Wars story, it would be the Ben Solo story, which is a boring answer. You know, I've also talked about a very um, abstract animation, animated film. 
for theaters that I think would be super cool from Star Wars to do. And I think everything we've seen with Visions this year, I'm just like, yes, keep going. Let's do more uh, like that. I also think, and I think I said this last year or a couple years ago, because um, we've gotten this uh, question like this before, and I always think it's fun. Um, but I kind of want like a political thriller that like takes place in the second trilogy era during the prequels, like Revenge of the Sith timeline, honestly, or even like Attack of the Clones, like between, and I want it to be a romance film, of course, too, but, uh, you know, like a separatist and someone from the Republic and like they work for respective senators and I don't know, there's like a murder or something or like, a, I don't know, but something that, like takes place on Coruscant in the Senate building. I just think it'd be really cool, like kind of film noir style. I don't know. I think that would be super fun. And we were just talking about this in our Book of Boba Fett episodes, but like seeing uh, prequels era sets and like locations in like 2022 and the future, I just think it would be so cool to see even how much better some of those types of sets would look nowadays. And I think that, to be clear, I think that this the, all of the CG and stuff holds up relatively well for almost all of the prequels. There are some exceptions, but um, especially like Revenge of the Sith, I think is holds up beautifully now. But totally. some in Attack of the Clones could be a little better. Uh, but it's okay. <laughs> Attack of the Clones is my favorite uh, prequel movie. But yeah, I just think I would love to like have a a film dedicated to being in a place that was really originated in a lot of ways and explored in the prequel era. Um, I would love to see it now, um, especially when they have the technology they do, like the volume. I think it'd be super cool. Wouldn't it be such a big, like, F you to people who are like, I hate the political taxation parts of the prequels. And like, if Lucasfilm were like, actually, we're making a whole movie that is dedicated purely. Yeah. I also like, I was thinking a little bit about how the deleted scenes of Padme in Revenge of the Sith actually like could be spun out into their own like smaller series about like trying to destroy Palpatine from like the political side, but like running into so many issues and things like that like there's yeah. some, there's a lot to be explored there that is technically not canon if they were to somehow bring that in because it's great and yeah. I really I've always liked that part of like starting the rebellion it really works for me so yeah. it would be great if that was like a it could be even be like a four-part series on Disney plus like that would be awesome to me yeah okay so our next questions are from listeners we're moving on from the patron part our next question is from a listener named Amy, who um, I do have to apologize, Amy, if you're listening, because you did ask two questions, and your first question was about a High Republic comic character named Keeve Trennis, and I actually have not read that comic series yet. Charlotte hasn't either, so um, I can't answer that question, but I will definitely be keeping it in mind when I do get to that comic series, but... We can answer your second question. Um, Your second question was, are there any High Republic characters that you'd like to see in other mediums or interacting with our favorite OT, PT, or ST characters? Yeah, and she asked this because there was a preview for an upcoming Star Wars comic that included Elzar Mann meeting Luke in like the astral plane, and it looks really cool. So really pumped about that. So can't wait for that. What about, Keelan, what do you think about this question? 
I actually think the Luke and Eldar man actually would, would probably be the one I would pick if I didn't know about this because I think that that combination – like I think to have someone – actually, wait. Let me back up. I think that anyone – I think that Ray, meaning someone like Avar, would be – really fascinating like I I think I would want someone from the very beginning of the timeline that we have so far with someone from the very end of the timeline that we have so far I was thinking the same thing yeah I think that would be and I think Luke kind of fulfills that depending on what era of Luke you get but I think with Rey specifically kind of hypothetically she's restarting the Jedi now um she her and Avar would be such an interesting combo yeah I also would say the reason why I think Luke and Elzara works pretty well too is that I think Anakin and Elzara would be a cool thing to meet in the astral plane somewhere in like the Clone Wars yeah. timeline because those two yeah. characters are really similar. Mm-hmm. So what could they learn from each other? And like even what would Rey learn from Elzar too? Like there's <laughs> – I feel like the top three, like the big three of the High Republic, right? Avar, Stellan, and um, Elzar. Like I feel like they're – any, meeting any of the like the main Jedi in the Skywalker saga would be really interesting, and that's why it'll probably work super well in the comic mm-hmm. that is upcoming. Yeah, can't wait to read that. Okay, so our next question is from David. My question is, what's your favorite unexpected Star Wars memory? It could be a chance encounter at celebration or a chat interview that resulted in something even more brilliant. This is such a hard question because <laughs> we've had so many good Star Wars memories. I will say one of my favorites, though, was uh, the family that gave me the Lothcat at Celebration 2017. Um, you should tell the story again. It's so it, good. It's such like a lovely moment. Um, the Lothcat is like my one of my favorite creatures in Star Wars. And I think it was at Star Wars Celebration Europe 2016. They had the Lothcat plushes and I didn't go to that celebration. But I remember Dave and Ashley Eckstein had done this like whole big bit on the Star Wars YouTube channel about like adopting a Lothcat. Anyway, when Charlotte and I went in 2017, I was like, I don't want anything else except a Lothcat. And they like weren't being resold. So it was kind of like you had to find one from a reseller and we didn't find one. Um... And anyway, on the last day, Charlotte and I were actually in the Her Universe fashion show that year, and we're, like, waiting uh, for that to start. And this family walks by, and they have literally, like, a bag with, like, four loth cats poking out. And I, like, I remember we're kind of in this, like, barricaded section, like, behind the Star Wars show stage, but it's, like, still out in the open. Um, And I, like, run over, and I'm like, oh, my God, excuse me, like, where, you know, I asked them, where did you get the loth cat? And they're like, oh, someone was just walking around handing them out and, like, gave us these. And I was like, oh, oh, and I, you know, tell them the whole story. Um, They're like, and, but I couldn't leave uh, because we were about to do this fashion show thing. Um, And they were like, oh, well, maybe you'll still see him walking around. I was like, yeah. And I was super disappointed. But anyway, so they walk away. And then like five minutes later, one of the kids in the family comes back and he like comes over to me and he's like, oh, we we wanted to give you this because we, you know, we know that you couldn't leave. um, And we had more than one. So we wanted to give you this loft cat. So they gave me uh, one of their loft cat plushes. And yeah, it was like, when I tell you I was over the moon, I was over the freaking moon. <laughs> like, I, was like crying. I, I, I witnessed it from afar because it was, we were in the, 
in the convention center and I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. <laughs> this is Star Wars magic. And that's why Celebration is so magical. Stuff yeah. like that happens a lot. It was so great. And the Laugh Cat comes with me to every uh, celebration that we go to. Even He usually comes to Dragon Con with me too. And I'm pretty sure I brought him to D23. Anyway, he usually comes to conventions with us. And he, he's, he sleeps soundly on my bed as well to this day. Uh, but yeah, that like mysterious family that gave me the Laugh Cat is one of my favorite memories. Um, I also think Celebration 2019, um, us, when someone... I forget who it was, but people like told us that they recognized our voices when we were walking around and they would like stop us and be like, oh, you're Sky Talkers. I recognize your voices. Can I have a picture or like great to meet you? That was just like a out of body. What? Because <laughs> the Charlotte would be like, so like what um, what, do you, what should we get at Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> Someone would walk by and be like, oh, I recognize your voice. Right. Oh, my gosh. That was so crazy. Yeah. Um, I will never get over that. It is no, so crazy. So weird. In like a lovely way. But <laughs> so Caitlin and I haven't told the story on the podcast before because it's a little like I don't know if it's inside baseball or if it's, it's very like too personal. personal. And then like yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. but it's like kind of a huge deal for Caitlin and I. <laughs> like yeah. it's one of those things where I was like, this is the nice one of the nicest things that ever happened. Um, okay, so Caitlin and I got the opportunity to interview the creators behind Vader Immortal, which is a VR game that came out a couple years ago, and this was in 2019. So we went to D23 to do this, and we were able to interview them, and the creators included Matt Martin of the Lucasfilm Story Group. So Caitlin and I were maybe the most nervous we've ever been <laughs> before this interview. It was I don't know. It was just so much. We, Caitlin was so nervous. We like I don't prepped think I for like spoke the entire time we were walking around D twenty three. Charlotte was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, um, "We haven't been in a situation like this together in like a really long time." But like when I'm super nervous, I don't talk. Like, shut down. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we were really nervous. We practiced, and to be honest, like the interview is like ten minutes. It's not that long, yeah. but we were really nervous. Um, just because again, it's these people that we really, really respect. Like what I was saying earlier about doing interviews. It's just hard. It's like a hurdle that we have to get over because we really respect these people and we want to make a good impression. Okay. So Caitlin and I are dressed as Dave Filoni, <laughs> you know, the whole shebang. We do the interview and it goes great. We loved it. We had a great time talking to them. You can still listen to it on our on our show and everything. Um, after that interview, D23 was at the Anaheim Convention Center, which is where Celebration is next as well. After that, we went to Disneyland. So we spent the afternoon in Disneyland. Um, and we like decompressed, right? Yeah, uh, had to. <laughs> it was a, it, and we, were, we felt like, oh my gosh, the load is off our shoulders because we were so stressed about that. We were just so nervous. So Caitlin and I, we went on Star Tours and we're leaving Star Tours and I get a notification in my DMs for Twitter and it's from Matt Martin. Okay, so the DM that came through said, you guys were by far the best interview we had all day. Thanks for that. And personally, like, it was it was a magic moment because we had just gotten off of Star Tours. Really and, and we got that DM and it was like, we were so nervous for that. And we like didn't, I don't know, we're just a small podcast. We didn't know how that would go. And the other people that were there were like big outlets. Like we're talking like 
comicbook.com, like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And we were in like Collider and things like that. We were like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Does, this is going to be tough. So then when we get that DM, it was so reassuring, so nice. That's why – that is why Caitlin invites Matt Martin to dinner because that was <laughs> such a nice thing to hear. And it was. Like from anyone – it was just really great. Um, yeah. So that's like one of my favorite moments of like unexpected Star Wars. Remember, I never expected to get that sort of feedback, that DM. It's like my favorite thing ever that ever happened and I just try to think about it when I'm like in a low moment <laughs> or like really nervous before something. And yeah. – I also like have to mention that probably my favorite unexpected Star Wars memory happened when we were in going past Skywalker Ranch and saw John Favreau. That was insane. That's, yeah, yeah. That that one is nice. <laughs> yeah, that one's just, fun. Yeah, yeah. Both of those are really fun, but that other one is like again something we've never talked about before. But it was the nicest thing that ever happened. So. Well, I think too because like what we were reviewing or interviewing them about was a video game, which. Uh, we had watched playthroughs of the video game, but Cheryl and I don't own those like video game consoles. Like we hadn't actually played it, but we had done a lot of research on the game itself. And so I think there was also a lot of nerves about that because we hadn't had the opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, also like we were one of the only women in there uh, who were doing interviews at the time. I don't know. Everyone who came in went because like it was timed entries and stuff like that. But we were some of the only girls that were in there at the time of our interview. Uh, so, you know, you just – you're getting your head about that stuff. And so – And our our questions were really story-specific. They were very story-specific. Um, and this is when we got to talk to Matt about Pajama Dooku um, because the director of Vader Immortal, I believe his name was Ben, um, he he was like, Pajama Dooku. And, and Matt and us at the same time were like, it's from the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, that was just kind of like a, oh, like we we did a good thing. Like we did a good job at this. And like Matt Martin remembered the name of our show and looked it up on Twitter and sent us a DM about it. I'm like, that's a couple steps. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's still, we, we do uh, send that back and forth when we are not feeling like we know what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. I would also say that in the vein of um, like fun memories that we have with Star Wars of the um, like running across John Favreau or driving past John Favreau, but also Celebration 2019 uh, when Dave Filoni walked by us when we were standing by some trash cans <laughs> by Starbucks. <laughs> and we were just like, hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. And he like walked past but then turned around and like waved back smallly at us because he was like like such a blur to me like I barely remember that the funniest thing ever to me though is when we were at the solo premiere and George Lucas walks by and I have this like on like live photo no we couldn't be more embarrassing it it was it is so cringe we're like thank you George like it is so awkward speaking out into like nothing like he's yeah. not looking at us he's literally taking a photo 10 feet away from us and we're like George thank, thank you, you. Thank you. It's, like, it's just so embarrassing but it it's is, fine it was it's very okay. embarrassing yeah um yeah yeah but I think aside from all of those like kind of fun moments and obviously the Matt Martin one is like Uh, feels like a professional accomplishment. Like I feel like I got an award or something. But I think um, Charlotte and I would probably both say like our live show is one of our 
top favorite moments. That was just such the best time of meeting people. We had people asking questions during our live show and like the room was full and people were coming in while we were talking because like it was right after the Trost panel where the name of the film had been announced um, and the trailer had been released and it was just it was like such an adrenaline high Um, and yeah it was like a the live show, it felt like we were having a conversation with the audience about everything that we had just heard and like analyzing and breaking down the trailer and the title together. And like, I remember our friend Chell was reading from the Last Jedi novelization book, oh <laughs> like in real time, which if you were a listener of Sky Talkers in 2018 and 2019, very rarely did we have an episode go by where we did not reference the Last Jedi novelization. So mm-hmm. to have her like reading it in real time in our live show, it was just, it was so great. But yeah, I think our live show really stands out um, as one of the, like, best moments. Absolutely. It was so good. It was, like, best moments of my life, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so amazing. It was so great. Yeah. Oof. Oh, my gosh. But talking about celebration, you know, we do have celebration coming up in May. Um, and Charlotte and I do have some, like, fun merch ideas for celebration 2022. So if you're going – just keep keep a lookout for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really, actually, really excited about this. Yeah. So I really <laughs> hope that it comes to fruition because it's this is Caitlin's brilliant idea. So it's, it was actually my friend's brilliant idea when I told okay, her. Take credit for it. I'm Don't. not. I'm not taking credit for it. My friend Margaret. <laughs> She is not a Star Wars fan, but is one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. Who listens to me talk about Star Wars all the time. Um, she's one of those friends that's like, yeah, keep going, even though she like does not follow the plot at all but like or care about star wars um but she thought of this idea um actually uh she was like oh you should do this and i was like margaret oh my god (laughs) i was like why have we never thought of this before she was like i don't know and i was like okay great well thank you (laughs) um but yeah anyway that was kind of a bad pitch about something you don't know about but look forward to it (laughs) Okay, so our next question is from Emma, who said, congrats on your five-year podcast anniversary. What is one thing from Star Wars, character or lore, that you just can't let go of and or the one thing other people tell you you talk too much about? Mine is the Jedi Code. I firmly believe that it is deeply flawed. I would agree with you on that, Emma. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, Probably the thing I can never let go of is Raylo. So if, like, Ray and Kylo Ren... Yeah, but I think that in in the vein of you talking a lot about the Jedi Code, I feel like I firmly and like will – I wouldn't say lay down my life, but I also firmly believe that the Jedi as an institution in the prequels is flawed and it always surprises me when I meet fans who don't agree with that because I personally think that's the prequels, like the story of the prequels is all of these flawed institutions and yeah so i think that as like the jedi code is flawed but so is the institution of the jedi and i i feel like i that like comes up in like most things that caitlin and i talk about that i feel and have felt since i first watched them in the 2000s 
I would agree. I'm with you on that. I also, I tend to be a person that gets a lot of mini obsessions within Star Wars. Um, Pretty much whatever new show that we're talking about, there's usually something that I will fixate on for the entirety of that uh, show, movie, book, whatever it is. Um, The Lost 20 is a big one for me. Uh, The Colossus. I think I talked about The Colossus so much (laughs) so freaking much when we did our resistance coverage you um our show was structured where where we would we did uh highs and lows two highs one low for every episode pretty sure the colossus was my high every single episode and i know that probably got boring to listen to and i apologize for that but also i think the colossus is great um ray kenobi was a huge thing that i was a hill i would die on pre uh the last jedi and then right now that current hill is ghost anakin in uh kenobi coming up so and i've already talked about that this episode (laughs) All right. Our next question is from our friend Sarah from the wonderful podcast, Friends of the Force. And she said, if you were going to play Among Us with any Star Wars characters, creators, who would they be and would you win? Um, Sarah, Charlotte and I have a group of friends that we play Among Us with pretty much weekly, have been for over a year now. Um, And Sarah is one of our friends that we play Among Us with uh, all the time. So we actually stab each other quite frequently. And if you've never played Among Us, it is a mafia game. So (laughs) it's it's meant to sound a little violent. Yeah. Um, Okay. So the thing is, is that the question is, who would you want to play Among Us with and would you win? So if I wasn't going to win, I feel like it would be great to play Among Us with Asajj Ventress. So wild. Oh card. my god. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like she's like stealthy and so sly oh, yeah. that I feel like she'd actually be so good at Among Us because she fits into the like mafia character. Wow. Um a lot. But no, I wouldn't win. You know not against like, Asajj Ventress. Not against no. Asajj. She would win. She would win. But yeah. maybe you would be like a, a team, like an imposter duo. If we were an imposter duo, we would win. If if she, it was like her and then everyone else, we would not. You, you I, I would not. Win. You wouldn't, especially with the like roles now. Asajj yeah. Ventress as a shapeshifter, whew, not not I a know. chance. Do not stand a chance. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, your question. Your answer is really good. Um, Asajj Ventress. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is a really good answer. Uh, I feel like we had a version of this question last year too. Um, and I remember having – I felt like I had a good answer last year, but I can't remember it now. I think like if I were like on Zoom or like Discord with Star Wars characters to play Among Us, who would I have the most fun with? I feel like an Anakin-Ahsoka combination would be really fun, referencing back to the Landing at Point Rain episode. I feel like it would be that, but all the time. <laughs> And, like, Obi-Wan actually trying to strategize. But then to see, like, Obi-Wan and Padme, like, in the meeting room where you talk about, you know, who found the body? What were they killed with? Like, all that stuff. negotiating would be off the charts. It would be so crazy. And then there would just be, like, Anakin and Ahsoka if they're, like, the imposter duo just, like, (laughs) like, giggling in the corner. So I kind of think I want to make it, like, a prequel lobby for Among Us with, like, Anakin, Ahsoka, Padme, Obi-Wan. I'm going to throw Bale in there, too, just for fun. Um, and then I think some of the other, like, like Mace Windu. The thing is, it's like Anakin would make sure he got Mace Windu first every single time he was imposter. 
Totally. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I think that Anakin and Ahsoka would win every time that they were imposter duos together, but everyone would be like, I knew it was you. Why didn't I vote for you? You know, but they would still like somehow make it work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Obi-Wan has never won. Yeah, he never wins. Yeah. Infinite suffering. <laughs> okay, so our next question is from Tori. What food slash merch items would you add to Galaxy's Edge if given the chance? More plushes. Honestly. <laughs> Went More straight plushes. for merch. I'm going to go straight for food. That tracks. Yeah. So food for me, I want sure of fruit. Something has to be sure of fruit. Yes. Um. Two, ever since watching The Book of Boba Fett, we need a moisture pod, one of those like gourd thingies. With the black it, milk. As, yes. With a – like wa- I, don't, I don't care. I need to drink from it. Um, we actually <laughs> – a listener who made a cocktail out of it as like I think that would be awesome if that was at Oga's I suggested this on Twitter I love that concept so that's what I want um but I think we really need to get some shura fruit and it would be awesome if Star Wars and like Galaxy's Edge dabbled in like hybrid fruits because that would be spacey and weird and I don't even know if that's even possible but I know that exists but you could even like peel current like fruit that exists to look like that fruit. Regardless, I feel like they could make it work. And yeah. I, I would like if someone was like, I don't know, if there was passion fruit flavored or like guava flavored soft serve and they called it Shura fruit, I'd I'd go crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, I want that too. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always want more plush in Star Wars. Uh, I feel like more cute critters. That's what I want. I want the toy shop to be overflowing. I want the toy shop to be like four times as big with I, so many different plushes. Yeah, I do too. I feel like at Celebration, Caitlin and I always buy a plush now ever since the yeah. Lothcat because we know that they're limited edition items. True. And <laughs> I I feel like um, I wish – even though I bought a couple of plushes in Chicago, I wish I bought more. So <laughs> I wish I got more. <laughs> I, I love Star Wars blushes. I'm so with you. There, yeah. I also think that um, what would be cool and I still think could work in Galaxy's Edge would be like a pawn shop, but the pawn shop has like jewelry and stuff like Star Wars jewelry. Um, like I feel like a pawn shop would fit the narrative of that too, but it would sell like jewelry. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I think that could work. All right. Our friend Amanda, who is actually a Star Wars Celebration host, like a, the live show, the stage hosts before the panel start, um, she asked, if you could design the perfect Star Wars t-shirt, what would it look like? So I just want someone to design a cool shirt that says like Star Wars is tragedy or one of our like yeah. quote unquote sayings. Yeah. And I just feel like I am devoid of graphic design. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I love embroidered shirts on, like, soft, you know, shirts. Comfort colors. So, comfort, that's what I was looking for, comfort cl- colors. So, if, if even that sort of embroidery, like, I love that. I also want that to be, like, our merch, but I don't really know how to get from point A to point B. We do yeah. have merch on our website, and I love it, but that's definitely one that I want to add. <laughs> so, yeah, that. Yeah, I want that. I also want merch uh, that says Second Trilogy on it. Like first trilogy, second trilogy, third trilogy. Yeah, I think Star Wars is this tragedy merch, like an actual like shirt, like uh, clothing 
merchandise would be really cool with that on it. Yeah, maybe this year we'll go for it. And I want to do the trilogy one too. I'm actually surprised you said that on air because I really want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've been thinking about it for so long and it just it hasn't happened that it's like, let's put it out into the ether, see if anyone can do it for us. Right. That's the thing. It's just like we're unskilled within that department. Yeah. So yeah, love that. Okay, our next question is from Rachel. If you had the opportunity to cameo in a future Star Wars movie or show, what type of character would you want to be? I have two answers. I would want to be in the Acolyte. Um, okay. I'll be someone that dies. Like, I feel like the Acolyte is – like, I don't know why, but I just envision it as the dark show, so I assume that people will be dying. I'll, I'll be someone that dies on screen in the Acolyte. That's fine. Um, my other answer, and I would also be a voice in, like, season two of Visions, uh, like, for the English mm-hmm. version. I think that would be really fun to be in some animated Star Wars project. Yeah, that's awesome. I just want to be in anything. It's funny because there was this droid that was just in the Book of Boba Fett that's literally just like a tube (laughs) with legs. And I was looking at it, and I think I sent this to you, Caitlin. I was like, that would be me if I was in the show. I would just love to be a tubular droid. Um, And that's like how low the the bar is for me. of just wanting to be in Star Wars as a cameo. However, I think that there's something about like that would I'm fine with I would love to be a droid that just walked around, took like two inch steps, you know. But I think that there would be something so cool about getting an elaborate costume. Like if I were uh in anything, right? A future Star Wars movie. Like, I want to be in like the lush scenes, like the Naboo's, the <laughs> Canto Bites, so that I get a cool yeah. costume, a cool makeup, like even even like Dryden Voss's yacht. Exactly. Like something yeah. like that. And I, we're talking about future Star Wars movie here, but I know that there's gonna be like a future like ritzy glitzy club or something like that. Like that's what I want to be in. I want to dress up in that way. I don't want to be like a dusty ray type of costume. I love that costume. I have that costume, but if I get to choose, I wanna I wanna dress up. You want the up. Padme side. <laughs> I want the Padme treatment. Yeah. And I want cool hair or like <laughs> it's so funny because like sometimes I look at the Twi'leks and I'm like man it would be so cool to have that experience of you know getting all that's fully suited up and like the makeup and the colors and yeah. I just think it's would be so, so cool be so great. just just once but I if I could choose it would be in a ritzy glitzy something mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, I agree I like that all right our next question is from Fulcrum Andor on Twitter who asked if you could add one scene to any Star Wars movie or show, what would you add? No cheating, just one. Ray mourning the death of Ben Solo. Mm, that's a good one. I was going to say Luke talking to Ben in Tross. It's it, There's just a lot of pieces like that that I want to be introduced to the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So I think would soften the blow so much, both of those things. So, yeah, yeah that. Yeah. I was between – Ray Palpatine actually being a lie <laughs> and the Ben and Luke, but I went with Ben and Luke. That's fair. Yeah. 
Okay, next question is from Tom. You're a rich, successful, powerful person who doesn't have time to cook, and this Star Wars dinner has to be perfect. Who is catering? I love this My question. answer – I love this question too. My answer is 100% Thomas Keller. <laughs> <laughs> so Thomas Keller is a highly regarded chef in Napa, California. Caitlin and I went to some of his restaurants when we were there, and it was a treat, let me tell you. Who and had a little bit of a Thomas Keller obsession when we were there. So yeah, I want him to cater my Star Wars dinner. I actually also took uh, a little bit of inspiration from some of our recent journeys together. And I'm going to have Via Carrada uh, cater our dinner. That is awesome. Yeah. Via Carrada in New York City. An Italian restaurant in New York City that Charlotte and I went to when I was up there visiting her just before Christmas. And oh my God, guys, the pasta. The pasta was so good. Um, we waited a long time because we were a walk-in uh, at this restaurant. And we waited a long time for our dinner. And it was so worth it. It was worth it. It wasn't I, even that long. But it was it, it was, was a journey. Yeah, it was a journey. Uh, yeah, I would, I would have them cater. I feel like it would be so good. Yeah. The thing about that restaurant too is that it's a celebrity hotspot. So yeah. our Star Wars dinners that would be like celebrity laden wouldn't be out of place too. True. I, I know we're not talking about location here, but they know how to handle the celebrities. You know? yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would have them cater. I don't think anyone's ever actually asked us what we would eat at the Star Wars dinner. So this is a great question. Right. Our next question is from at D. Farrick, who asked, what is it about Star Wars that makes you so passionate? So much so that you've dedicated time out of your lives to talk about it and share it with us all. For me, nothing comes close to Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) It's really hard to describe, and I'm sure similar people have. Like, if you're listening to the show, I'm sure you feel this. But I love movies and television shows and art, but for me – The way and the impact that Star Wars had on culture is what keeps me coming back because it connects to so many different things. And it's so hard. Like, I think that's a really big question and it's a really good question, by the way. So thank you for asking it. But for me, it, it, what bring, what keeps me coming back is the history of it all. And also just the joy that it brings me. And both of those things are intrinsically connected. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be the same for me. I also think that Star Wars is like the ball is always rolling on it. Like it's always adding and creating, um, being created. So it's not stagnant. And I think that that, like, I don't know. I know that I would still be a fan, but would I still be this level of fan if The Clone Wars was the last thing that had come out of Star Wars? I would still obviously love it and everything like that. But there's something about being. I'm not a part of the machine of making Star Wars, but just being a part of the experience of it being created and coming out and talking about it and seeing what other people's reactions to it are and analyzing it. Um, There's something about that that I think is just so fun. And uh, like the speculation side of Star Wars is one of Charlotte and I's favorite parts of what we get to do on the show. And so Having something that is continuously being added to um, with new stories, new books, um, new films, new TV shows, that's just part of the fun. Like it's so fun to see these things coming out in real time and be able to add it into our vernacular about how we talk about and understand Star Wars. That's why I love it so much. 
Yeah. I feel like I'm constantly learning things about myself and the world through the lens of Star Wars, which is really unique. And I know that like, I'm sure other properties of like art and movies and stuff allow that experience, but it's one that I just, I haven't felt anywhere else. Um, I don't know. Ever since I saw it, it like sunk its teeth in me. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll never, I don't know. It's just everything. Yeah. And ever since Charlotte made me watch it. Forced her. Forced me. I, I've been on board too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Charlotte, our next question is from Michael. The Last Jedi or Revenge of the Sith? Pick one. The Last Jedi. I, I like knew you would say that, but I also was I thought you might go for Revenge of the Sith. This year it might be Revenge of the Sith. I don't yeah. know. I love Revenge of the Sith. It's the reason I'm a fan. Everyone knows that. But The Last Jedi, I think, is a better movie. And like objectively. So I chose it. <laughs> so what about you? What would you choose? The Last Jedi? Jedi? Yeah. Jedi. That'd be the Last Jedi. But yeah. Revenge of the Sith is your movie. So yeah. yeah. They're, I mean, they're both my children, both my babies, okay? But I think, again, I think The Last Jedi is objectively a better movie, and it is one that, I don't know, it's just so good. Yeah. Okay, our next question is from Rafaela. Congratulations on such an achievement. A fun question. How both of you would interact with the Force, considering the different ways the Jedi are connected with it in The High Republic, like Avar feeling it like a song? So how would you feel the Force, Caitlin? Mm, this is such a fun question. I kind of have always liked um, like the Mace Windu, like shatter points, like seeing the threads between um, actions and people and relationships. I feel like that would be a really cool way to experience the Force and like how you move through the world um, and kind of reading into people's motivations and their relationships with one another and like stronger or like thicker lines between people or stronger relationships or like a stronger catalyst for certain if certain actions happen. And I think that would be cool. I think for me, I would see the force um, in colors, almost similar to like the taste situation that we get in like a movie like Ratatouille. But even as I was thinking about that, because that was my immediate answer is that, yeah, I would see it as like art, as color, as something like that. I also think I would see uh, the force in doodles. <laughs> I know that's a weird thing to say, but in doodles. It's I so doodle cute. <laughs> so that's my answer, art and color and doodles. <laughs> Speaking of though, like doodles and like cute things like that, like I, it'd be so cool to have like a like a Disney Junior type of show with like a little kid who sees the force like that. Thinking like very much like from Visions, like Toby, mm-hmm. uh, T-O-B, uh, one. I think that would be so cute. Yeah, totally. It would be great. Lucasfilm is free to steal that idea if they would like. Yeah. You don't have to pay us or anything. No, I don't care. (laughs) Give us a trip to (laughs) Skywalker Ranch. You never heard that. That's totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) Our next question is from Malakorian who asked, who said, I think I've listened to every episode a few twice. That is quite the achievement. Thank you so much. Um, Congrats on five years. My only question is, why not more episodes on a regular schedule? Or is that a work in progress? Thanks for all of it. It's a work in progress. So if you are a longtime listener, you will know that Caitlin and I were very diligent with the every other week Saturday episodes. Yeah. But if I'm being honest, 
we're not very diligent about it anymore. And it's more just because of, I used to, like Caitlin even mentioned, like we would record at 10 p.m. when it was like not on, in our schedule or wake up at like 5.30 or 6 to record in the morning because we wanted to get an episode out and things like that. Just not good for our mental health. So these days I feel like it's whenever we can get an episode out, we will get it out. However, I love schedules and so does Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the 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 way to succeed in podcasting personally is a schedule. So it's consistency. And I, I feel like we have to acknowledge the fact that in December and November, we were not consistent. And no. part of that is because I moved from Boston to New York City and now I live here and I needed that time to settle and things were happening and it was just we were on like it was just we needed time right yeah and we were traveling like we we went to California and we were just not consistent with it and that was probably because of our mental health that was because of like just the way that our schedules were and it like ate us up inside like truly and Mm -hmm. (laughs) trust me when I say when we don't have an episode for a while I lose sleep like I can't stand it, and Caitlin knows this. I text her, and I'm like, "We gotta do so. We gotta do, you know." And it's it's bad. Um, so I think that like that break that we had was necessary, even though it like was a lot longer and it's not than I think we even realized it was. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want that. So I think that a goal for us is probably returning to more consistency in 2022 than what we had in 2021. I don't know if it'll be every other week on Saturday, but it'll definitely be somewhere like that. And with television shows, I think we're generally pretty consistent on episodes that come out pretty soon after the episode, sometimes the day of the episode premiering. Yeah. So, um, Hopefully we can keep that up this year. I know there's so much Star Wars that is coming out this year, so we'll see. But um, hopefully we can stay on top of it. I, I really hope so. I hope it's pretty clear that like now we're two hours into this episode that Caitlin and I love doing the podcast. <laughs> and I apologize. I just have to apologize because I know how it is when you're when you listen. I listen to podcasts all day long. I live alone, and podcasts are like my partner in working. Right, and when you like you're like refreshing your app waiting for your podcast to upload like i know that feeling i know how yeah. that is and it it never felt good when we're on the other side and it's like ugh like it's saturday or like we should have done an episode this week why didn't we or why didn't that work and yeah so i definitely wanted to address this because it is a work in progress and we like regular schedules and i hope that we can get back to that yeah, I think that I think this year I feel like with everything that's coming out and also just feeling more settled personally for both of us, like especially with your move and everything, I feel like this year we'll be able to return back to a lot more consistency because yeah, the the end of last year it just it really got away from us uh just how quickly the end of the year came up and then it was like, "Wait, when was oh, this was not an intended break to be this long. Um, so yeah, I I think that this year we will be able to have things up a lot more consistently. Um, and we're super excited about that because that means there's a lot of good Star Wars coming out. Um, and we also have a lot of ideas for new episodes, like themed episodes and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And thank you for your question. And thank you for listening to every episode. That's over 230 episodes. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> okay. Our next question is from Tim. 
Congratulations on five luminous years. Where would you have your dinner party? One place each on Earth and one place in the galaxy far, far away. This is a hard question. And I think whenever I imagine the Star Wars dinner party in my head, the past couple years, it's always in the place where they did the Mandalorian gallery, like that big round table in like a black room (laughs) um, with no windows, no decor, just like one singular spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) Completely. That's that's my visualization too. (laughs) When that show premiered and it was like everyone at a round table and it was about five or six people, I was like, this is this show is Star Wars dinner. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. I think though here uh, on Earth, I would, again, cheeky, I'm going to make it Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> I am too. I am too. So that's both of our answers. And yeah. I don't know where yours is going to be at the ranch. Do you have that down? Oh, pot? I could make it like, I could, I could let us have dinner in the archives and make it like a, almost like dinner in the kitchen with the chef, but it's dinner in the archives and we just get to wander. I know where I'm having one. Where? My dinner is going to be underneath that amazing Queen Amidala portrait. Ooh, yeah. But isn't that like in I don't the even know office, if that's a, like cubicles yeah. nearby? Right. Like now – no, 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 no. That's different. There's there's one that's like a rich oak room with um, a Queen Amidala portrait. It's different. It's not the one that you're thinking of that's like oh. an office at the Presidio. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're Star talking Wars about. Digital. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a Kathleen Kennedy portrait that's under yeah. underneath that, that was taken there. Yeah. However, like we could also sit on the deck. That would be nice too. So it's a nice day with a gentle breeze, you know. Yeah, I do kind of think. Okay, I'm actually going to revise this. You know, if we are, if I'm bringing everyone from my current this year's dinner, like I feel like it might be uncomfy at Lucasfilm, you know, at Skywalker Ranch. Like I don't know Colin's real relationship to. Skywalker Ranch. You know what I mean? Interesting. You know, Interesting. Like he, he yeah. might not want to have dinner there. It might feel like everything I've lost. You know? <laughs> right. right. So I, I think I might pick like – I think I might pick just like some cool low-key like sushi restaurant or something in San Francisco and just like have fun there. You know what? No. No. Where I'm going to go – where I'm going to go – is I'm gonna go to the tiki bar at the Fairmont Hotel oh, in San Francisco to have my 2022 dinner. <laughs> it's gonna be at a tiki bar. It's gonna I be like this energy in a tiki bar. We're gonna watch it rain. We're gonna listen to the band. We're gonna have you know that drink I had when I was there that was like three tiki's. That meant it was like dangerous. <laughs> three tiki's. <laughs> There's, so there's this hotel in San Francisco called the Fairmont, and they have this, like, really cool um, historic uh, bar, tiki bar in their basement. I, it's called the Tonga, the Tonga Room. Room. Yeah, the Tonga Room. And um, it was built, I think, in, like, the 40s. It used to be an indoor pool at this uh, at this hotel, the Fairmont. Um, the Fairmont was constructed in, like, 1900, uh, 1906, I think. Um but anyway, it used to be an indoor pool. They converted it and, like, made the pool smaller, but the pool is still there. And there's, like, this band that goes out on a on a barge, like a small tiki barge, and they perform in the pool while everyone is, like, having drinks and dancing around them. There's, like, pirate ships in there. Um, it rains. They have, like, a rain machine that comes on every couple of hours. Anyway, but on the menu, the tiki bar menu, it's, like, their themed drinks have, like, a number of tiki's for like how much alcohol content is in there, like 
one tiki, two tikis, three. And my drink was three tikis. And let me tell you, it was a three tiki drink. So that's where I'm going to have my 2022 dinner. I am jealous of your decision to do it in the tiki (laughs) bar because tiki bars are like a thing that I'm like obsessed with. I love going to tiki bars. It's true. I feel kind of bad taking it from you, but I have to. I'm sorry. Like that's the reason why we went there is because I was like, we have to go. Yeah. Um, But it's fine. Uh, I I appreciate that. Hopefully, I'll be invited to this yeah, dinner party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that in I, again for my real place, I think I'm just going to stay Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. I think that's fine. I want to go there. I I I like the idea of having dinner on the porch, yeah. a la the Jeff Show. I do. I do. I, it's it's that's good. Um, in the galaxy far far away, though, I've always envisioned my dinner at the place that Anakin and Padme share the pair. So. <laughs> That's that's sort of where it's always going to be. I love that. <laughs> You're welcome. I love that so much. Uh, let's see if I could take uh, – you know where I think everyone would want to go in my dinner? I'm going to take everyone to um, the Jedi Temple. We're going to like go to the cafeteria in the Jedi Temple and just like walk around. That's where I'm going to have our dinner. Okay. That's cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, so I have some questions for you. I feel like okay. I do this every time. Yes. Um, all right, actually, you asked me on Twitter, what Star Wars gift am I going to get you? <laughs> it was gifts I plural. It's plural. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Number okay. one, I guess like <laughs> buy you a drink at like Oga's. Number okay, two, cool. <laughs> um, I still want to buy – I don't – I like – worry about saying this on the air because like was it real was it not i swear on my life caitlin and i went to a booth in chicago oh that had original ralph mccrory yeah art oh i thought <laughs> and- you were gonna say my necklace that you lost Oh, Caitlin, the the amount I care about this necklace I lost is so little <laughs> and you care so much i care so much let me this necklace during a time of need that was like a rebellion insignia and i we lost got it, it from our first celebration yeah, at like I a vintage it. shop and caitlin always remembers it and i always forget it and it's probably really rude of me but it's okay <laughs> um so i guess i'll buy you that shirt but i, I want to return <laughs> okay the ralph yeah. mccory artwork that feels yeah. like a fever dream to me yeah. there was a booth selling original ralph mccory artwork guys yeah. and the prices weren't bad they were not insane we're not talking like thousands of dollars we're talking hundreds of dollars but not on the high end it was the lower end and yeah we were out of money so we didn't do it (laughs) and and i regret it i do too every day i know we told ourselves after we left we were like next celebration we will only buy ralph mccrory art we're gonna save up. We're gonna like put like a lump amount there because yeah. I just feel like it, it, to me it would be worth it. But yeah. I'm like, was that real? It was real. It was real okay. to me. It was real to me. Yeah. Real to me. Don't so, say that. So Caitlin, what are you gonna buy me? Uh, what will I buy you? Uh, I will also buy you the Ralph McQuarrie artwork, and a, you know what? I'll buy you two drinks at Oga's. Oh, oh. Okay, the, the drink <laughs> limit. <laughs> I you're only doing fifty percent. I will hit you at the drink limit. <laughs> uh, no, you know what I'm gonna buy you. I am gonna buy you uh, the full trip uh, for the Star Cruiser. 
Holy crap. No, you're yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, let, me, let me caveat that. Not in 2022 will I buy it for you, but one day okay. I will buy us the trip on the Halcyon. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up again in the future. Yeah. Okay. So here are the actual questions that I have for you. All right. What has been the most rewarding part of podcasting, the hardest part of podcasting, and the weirdest part of podcasting? The weirdest part of podcasting, let me start there. The weirdest part of podcasting, I think in general, has been that other people listen to us and that people, I think, honestly, I said this earlier, but people recognizing our voices. That to me is just like, so I'm like, you listen enough to like walk by me and hear like my voice on the wind and know that it's me. (laughs) That's just, that's super weird to me in like a, wow, I can't believe this kind of way. I think the hardest part of podcasting is definitely the time commitment. It's a lot of time. Um, I mean, this is like we've been recording for over two hours now, but that's just recording time. And I know Charlotte edits most of our shows. We do have an editor, Danny, who works with us now too, uh, but they don't edit every show. And up until last year, Charlotte was editing all of our podcasts, which is a huge time commitment that she does. So I'm not even a part of that. Um, But yeah, I think it's a big time commitment that I don't think a lot of people realize. Um, I think that's probably the hardest thing. And not so much now that we have, even though we were just talking about schedules, but like now that we have a better routine about like how long we anticipate episodes to be and um, like the work that we put in ahead of time and stuff. But like in our early years and stuff, those late night and early morning recordings, those were hard. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was hard. The most rewarding part of podcasting, I think, has just been the whole experience, like the past five years, everything that we've gotten to do. And we talk about this a lot, but like just getting to do it with you has been the best thing ever. Like I'm so grateful for our listenership, but I'm so grateful to have time to spend with you as my best friend and to do this thing that we've created from scratch is just like the coolest thing ever. Like, I can't believe that we did it. <laughs> um, like, really? I, I I really can't believe that we did it. And like, we're still doing it. And we're still friends. And like, Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like, I don't know, like, I don't, I have like one other friend that I've had for as long as I've had you as my friend. And I think that's just really cool. And, like, I know that we're going to be best friends forever, (laughs) BFFs. But the fact that we're, like, still doing this and, like, we're usually on the same page about stuff. I don't know. I'm just – I'm really grateful to get to do something like this with my best friend um, through everything that we've been through together in our personal lives and also, like, on the podcast. And the podcast has always been, like, a safe space where if there's – stuff going on in our personal lives that is just hard or stressful it's like let's just put it to the side for a second and let's just talk about something fun and then after the show if we want to talk about it we can if not maybe later but like it's just a safe space to just have fun with you um so that's been the most rewarding and then of course like everyone who listens people who interact with us, who care about what we have to say, who add on to the conversation with us. I feel like we've learned so much about the world. It's just been – it's been so amazing. Um, and I, I truly can't believe it's been five, half a decade. <laughs> it's so crazy. And I, I fully agree with you about everything that you said. Um, something that I just like really like about the podcast is like 
working together. I know that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. But like Caitlin has like the best ideas like always. So that's been super rewarding for me to see and like working together has just been awesome. Like everything Caitlin said is very true. The hardest part is definitely the time commitment. Like Caitlin said, if an episode is two hours, it will take me six to eight hours of post-production. And that is crazy. So it's like not only are we prepping for the episode, which takes its own time, (laughs) um, like a lot of time. Like if we're watching a movie, then we have to watch the movie. But if we're reading a book, like obviously that takes days. But And Caitlin and I are really like – Different readers. <laughs> different readers, but like really well, – that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say we're really diligent in our notes. And I don't know if either of us are like a quote-unquote perfectionist, but I do get annoyed when like I think about something later or like if we don't have enough time to do something. I don't know. I like thorough notes, right? Yeah. And that takes a while. Um, and then we're recording for like two and a half hours. So it's it takes a long time. Episodes take a while, and that's another reason why it it really does kind of like take up your whole day. I know that's so weird to say, but it does. Like it, if we're not recording in the morning and we're recording at night, it's like okay, we're getting there, like we're we're doing it, and then we do it, and then it takes like three hours to decompress from that. It's a lot. Okay, <laughs> just want to share that. It's a lot, and that's something that like is actually frustrating as a podcaster to for people to n- not understand like how much work goes into it sometimes no one says this about me but in general about like the podcasting experience I think there's a lot of stereotypes about like people just sitting down at their mic and just talking and then like uploading the episode and people do that but that's not what we do and yeah so definitely the hardest part is balancing that and your personal life um and yeah the weirdest part is a hundred percent people recognizing our voices that experience was so crazy and so cool if that was you who recognized our voice like I hope you don't feel weird about that because it was truly an extremely cool experience, but it was just one that like we have never experienced before. So it was just, wow. And yeah, it's one of the most rewarding, weirdest, hardest experience of my life is like creating this podcast. It's just the absolute best. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. It's, it's been quite the ride so far. Yes. Here's to five more years. My wine is gone, but cheers. <laughs> Just have like sad ice cubes now. Yeah. Um, it's not wine, by the way. I have margarita, so. <laughs> I had wine. She's got the margarita. I should have – well, I was finishing a bottle, but I was like I should have opened up – all the things we should have done to properly celebrate this recording. I should have opened up right. one of our bottles from when we were in Napa, but I didn't. Uh, but next – next, uh, the 10-year anniversary will be better prepared. No, no, no. Here's the thing that we needed to do. This is what I was going to get you for a gift was the Skywalker Ranch wine. Oh, that would have been so good. But like it's it's just hard to get. I don't know. It it's tough. It yeah. I really yeah. want to try it though. And I know they sell it at Uga's, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe There's locations that they, that they sell it. So I definitely yeah. want to try it. But we only have two drinks. So like I don't know. But maybe you can buy the – I was like, I wonder if we can just, like, buy the bottle and, like, take it home. <laughs> maybe, maybe someplace in New York City sells it and I could look it up or something. Yeah. Actually, wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Anyway, this is boring. Um, <laughs> our, constant, I, our current quest for Skywalker Ranch wine. We've had it for a while, actually. Right. 
So I have prepared a clip montage. So after this will be our clip montage. And then we'll come back and we'll say goodbye. But anything else you want to add to the question portion, Caitlin? I don't think so. I think there are a lot of great questions this year. So thank yeah, you for great questions. them. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, any anyone who asks us a question. It is so nice. I love doing the Q&As. They are so fun. So yeah. and like it's kind of sad that we only do that like once a year, to be honest. Yeah. We, you know, for we did do the like TLJ QA. Um, again, like our old catch-all episodes or like parts usually have Q&As in them, but maybe we'll have to do some more this year because they are fun. We should bring it back for like television show specifics. We should. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Okay. All right. I'm going to okay. – let's put that in our back pocket. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do like yeah, – I like that a lot actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's roll the clips. Roll, roll the clips. Roll the clips. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Hi, and welcome to a brand new Star Wars podcast, Sky Talkers. I am one of your hosts, Caitlin. And I'm Charlotte, and we are so excited to be starting this journey of podcasting together. So basically, we really want this podcast to be a conversational Mm -hmm. look into everything Star Wars, Star Wars news, you know, we'll do books, books, yeah, yeah. comics, Mm -hmm. we watch them, we read them, we know it all. Yeah. We want to talk about it all, and we'll have guests, and it'll be a casual conversation, just like we always have on the phone or in the car or, like, three drinks in, you know. <laughs> anyway. Our own Star Wars, Wars dinners <laughs> with just us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're, yeah, we're so excited to be doing this. It's it's about time. Like, The Last Jedi is really going to be about two redemptions. Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren's and Rey is going to play an mm-hmm. integral part in both of that. So I think you're right. This poster does kind of allude to that idea that she is going to play a major part in both of their journeys. This is kind of like the weird theory, but I love the idea of Kylo and Rey both meditating and having another shared vision. But now oh, they can actually start to communicate with each other. And I think they... Mm-hmm. I think something happens there. And I think then in the real world, Ray starts to find out about what actually happened to Luke or to Kylo and Luke. Um, And then in this like shared vision moment, she asks Kylo, she's like, I know what happened to you. You don't have to be like this anymore. Like, it's okay. Um, And I think she'll be the one to show him compassion. And I think they could like hatch a plan together in their like shared vision space. And Ray goes to find Kylo, and that's when she ends up getting tortured by Snoke. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Here we are. Okay. (laughs) We did it. So, we saw the last Jedi. We saw the last Jedi. (laughs) And we're in the car, because we have another showing right after this, but... We had to come talk about it, but we could obviously talk about it in the theater. Yeah, because there's a lot of other people going to see this movie. But, um, um, uh, I, to, okay, I'm going to be honest, because I feel like Caitlin doesn't have a lot of words right now, <laughs> but I don't really know how to feel. And I cheered at so many parts. Yes. But I'm kind of left with a question mark. You mean about how you feel overall? Yeah. 
I think me too, honestly. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah, no, it's totally okay. It's, it's strange. This movie looks a lot different, and the way it's shot... The way the lot. scenes are cut and everything. Yeah, it's very different than any other Star Wars movie we've had. Yeah. And I think, because when the opening shot, instead of like having a cruiser go back, go past. It zooms when forward. When we were zooming down. I liked it. Oh, I, I, I liked it. I loved it. it. Yeah, I loved it. I'm, I'm really, I'm. Okay, let's start with the obvious part. Um, Which obvious part? But, yeah, there's a lot of obvious parts, aren't the there? The the porks. Okay, let's talk about the porks let's first. Let's talk about the porks. Porks are cute. Didn't dominate the movie. Was yeah, happy about heavens. that. Yeah. Thank heavens. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, let's talk about Ray. Uh, shared vision. High five. <laughs> Woo! Yes. <laughs> I freaked out in the theater. We, we both did. We were like, oh my god. Shared vision, guys. Shared vision. <laughs> And, oh my god. That, that was amazing. Yeah. They have a bond. No, clearly. And. Yeah. It's connected after, even after Snoke I mean, is gone. I mean, I'm gonna, like, I don't oh. necessarily want. Oh, let's go for it. Go for it. The Raylo feels are strong. I was gonna say, we've gotta talk about Raylo. Like, the, it's, it's ridiculous how for two years people have, like, completely, like, Vilified. Vilified Raylo fans. Okay, are you talking about connection Raylo or romantic Raylo? I'm talking about connection Raylo. Yeah, no, but I think we gotta talk about romantic Raylo. I think there's a possibility, I think there's a possibility. Yeah, and I think They had a shirtless scene. Yeah, the freaking shirtless scene. Okay. When that happened, I was like, I was, I know, because before, I was like, this... If you're not doing Rayla, like romantic Raylo, you can't have a scene like this. Yeah. Where she's like, uh, can, can you, uh, put, can you uh, put something, something on? Yeah. You know? It's mm-hmm. like, that is, that's a pretty strong statement. <laughs> Sisyphusian myth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is Maul. And Sam Witwer has talked about this too, about them going all the way about, you know, the myth of Sisyphus rolling the boulder up the hill only for it to come rolling back down. He never actually makes it all the way to the top and how Maul is very similar to that. And it's interesting how we have Maul going from the gutters in this episode all the way to the top, just about to be rescued. And he literally falls back down and is captured. And oh my God, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I, I get my mind rolling a mile a minute. It, like, just hit me. <laughs> um, so, it just, again, like, these these things, that, like, this roller coaster, I think that's what these next two episodes are going to do. It's really going to take us on a on an almost, like, almost they could make it. Almost Ahsoka agreed to help Maul, and then it just, it, the boulder rolls back down. And because this is Maul's, like, piece of the story, it's not going to be successful. It's just, it works really well. But with the lighting, we do start out in daytime once Ahsoka is up in the throne room, and then by the time they've risen all the way up to the throne room, we have the explosions, which mirror the colors of sunset. It all comes crashing through. We've got a great Last Jedi parallel, which we'll be discussing as well. And then by the time we get all the way up to the top where Maul is captured, it's pretty much dark. And it's mm. dark. Yeah. It's dark. It's dark. Is that a filet? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is Star Wars its own mythology? How do you view Star Wars as far as like a mythological story, fairy tale, or do you? Do you think it's something different? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think that, I mean, it's definitely its own mythology. I think it really plays well with what I think of as those like core or base or prima materia materials of, uh, 
of archetypal psychology. You know, like George knew what he was doing and what he's playing with. And I think that the best Star Wars as it continues to be created and continues to evolve always like goes back to that well to a point. Um, because it's not like gods and goddesses and and heroes so much. I mean, obviously, yeah, heroes, but it's like mother archetypes and father archetypes and family units and how those function and how those all live in our great unconscious and how you can have the best mom in the world, for instance. I'm not not to get personal. I do have one of the best moms in the world, but you can have the best mom in the world for in the world, and she's still going to disappoint you because there's no way that any one person can live up to the multiplicity that resides in our collective unconscious of what a mother could be bad or good. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's what star Wars, star Wars like picked the best of it. It's like this eruption from the unconscious. And I don't know how, I don't know how George did it. There's this real purity to the construction of it. And it has so much joy and fun in it that you sense when you're watching good star Wars, you know, like you don't question it. It just resonates and it's like watching um, a mirror unfold in front of you of like your darkest and lightest aspects. And I think that that's why it has such staying power. So yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's deep mythology and it's, it's deeper even than um, it knows maybe. Well, my favorite thing generally at celebrations since it started happening is finding people dressed up like cosplaying as Dave. (laughs) And going up to them and saying, I'm his wife. And then they go, you're not his wife. And I'm like, who would say they were his wife? <laughs> and then they're like, really? And I'm like, come on. And then I'll take pictures with them. And it's my favorite. And then I send them to Dave. And I'm like, there's another one. This is pretty embarrassing. But Caitlin and I have a yeah. Dave cosplay too. We did it last year. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah it's, we have we a dress. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll send you a picture afterwards. <laughs> I um I did like a like a Zoom happy hour with some friends I hadn't seen in a while and I was like okay and it's like dress up so it'll just be a surprise just come as like whoever you want and I came as Dave and everyone was very distressed like all my <laughs> friends were like, I'm Tammy because I have access to all the real stuff you know? <laughs> oh my god the truest Dave cosplay <laughs> it was very true you know and I was making like trying to make all my best Dave faces and um, <laughs> I love the best that. ever. Did, did you do like a beard situation too? Yeah, yeah, I did like a makeup beard and oh my gosh. So it's, I had to be like like retro Dave before his beard started going really white cuz I'm like I'm not doing that. I'm just going to be like, you know, Dave 8 years ago. <laughs> I remember talking to you back in 2017 about how the name Looking for Leia came from, and you referenced this in the beginning of this episode, um, came from the documentary Searching for Sugar Man, which is definitely one of my favorite documentaries. It's so amazing. If you're listening and you haven't seen it, it's so good. I know that your original intent was to find Carrie Fisher at the end. Mm. So I think my my question is, do you think that you found Leia? Yeah. I do. And actually, this is how I found her. Like, I didn't find her. My social media coordinator, Kayla Martin, found her. And the way she found her was actually in this email or DM she sent me when she kind of first came on board. She was doing a lot of our social media this last year as we were like going to celebration. Can you imagine being a social media coordinator that comes on the week before someone goes to celebration? Oh my <laughs> no. <laughs> and she as, wrote as me. As a social media coordinator myself, I cannot. She just had a- <laughs> oh my God, it was so much. <laughs> yeah. It was so much. I want to see, I'm going to totally 
really like I, I, she's I, she's not particularly given me consent for this, and also I'm gonna find it and read it to you. I'm gonna find you this DM that she sent. But this was the thing where I was just like, oh, women are wise, and this is exactly the point. So, um, so I'm gonna totally out um like a small part of this DM. Um, and this is the quality of DMs that I get, right? Also, just to like maybe share with how much I cry at my inbox like all the time. Um, but our social media coordinator, Kayla, after I'd written a piece on um, the asking about my feminist fan agenda merch that we had done, the swag we had created for a celebration. And, um, and Kayla wrote in with this, just like she DM'd me with a, like, hey, I saw this thing that you wrote and I just wanted to share a bit of my own story of um, like navigating, speaking up for myself in spaces that then accused me of having an agenda because I was advocating for myself. And she shared the story, which was like really um, like frustrating and heartbreaking and also a thing that we all experience. And she signed the letter off with, we are always looking for Leia. May we find her in the face of every woman who ever stood up and made space for herself or others in this galaxy far, far away. I certainly find her in you. And there was this way that I just felt like that's it. Like we're finding this character in each other. And that's like, we find her in ourselves. We aspire to be her in ourselves, in ourselves, but we're finding her in the, in the resilience and the strength and the joy and the fierceness of all of the fans that are around us. And, and I was just like, oh, thanks. Yeah, no, that was it. I, I've been looking for her for the last couple of years and you totally just let me know where she's at. Wow. Yeah, I know. I remember watching this episode and like texting you during it and being like, can you believe that they just said that? Yeah, that I hands can't... our language. Yeah. And I, I like, I couldn't handle that. And the fact that like Ryan now has watched, we have confirmation that Lucasfilm had recommended Ryan to watch the Morta series from Dave Filoni um, in order to understand and write The Last Jedi. It all kind of connects to me in you know, this Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson kind of understanding. This is like my favorite director headcanon. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like giddy thinking about them, like having a conversation about Mortis. Um, But I think it makes so much sense too, because honestly, like this episode of Rebels was it probably in development at the same time as The Last Jedi. Oh, for sure. You know, like the timelines match up so well i think um i don't have exact dates i'm speculating but i think it's a pretty educated speculation (laughs) um and there like there is a correlation between that because i mean given how much close-ups we get of hands in the last jedi and then to have this episode that follows and that's like hey you should pay attention to that (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I think you you need to pay attention to it. Like, what are they saying to you? What is the language that they're speaking to you with? And, like, Sabine lays it out pretty verbatim. Like, it opens with the daughter and closes with the son. Mm-hmm. Man. So it's just really interesting. So then you go back to The Last Jedi and think about in that moment in the hut when those two hands touched and it was completely silent. And, oh, man, the tension. I can't. It's very... Very, very, that's a lot of tension. And (laughs) um, the camera is like full, like macro lens basically on like the imprints of their hands. Like you can see like what their thumbprint would even look like, right? (laughs) We could get an ID on them. (laughs) You, it's like this pivotal moment in the movie when these two people from opposite ends of the galaxy meet 
I, I don't know. I just it, it, there's there's something so interesting there about how like when we all went into the last Jedi, we we're all thinking about like is Kylo gonna lose his hand? Is Rey gonna lose his hand? Because it's a rite of passage, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Skywalker rite of passage that like people are gonna lose their arm, but instead we get this thing that's like this an, one hand joining another hand in like absolution in Matrimony. friendship in <laughs> you never know in like complete understanding of mm-hmm. each other I think, right yeah i mean it says so much that like what what you just said too it's like it's not about the the losing of hands the loss of life it's about the joining of hands and the like the it's like a new step forward it's like the, the the point is not to cut out like see who has more limbs lost the point is to stop losing limbs. Like the yeah. point is to stop the cycle. Exactly. You know, and how do you do that? You do that through love and compassion. The main themes of Star Wars, you know? The Maybe the most important thing. <laughs> the most important thing. It is badge check. You, you're going to have to keep 100%. Uh, uh, <laughs> like you have to understand that your badge is like your, your life. life. Like, this weapon is your life. Your badge is your life. Like, don't be an Anakin. Don't lose your badge like Caitlyn did the entire time. I lost it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. It, You need to make sure that you have a secure lanyard. And I am – we are not kidding when we say this because so many things were ruined because of our lost badges. And, like, so many tears were shed. So we lost our badge. One of us lost our badge every day. Of the convention, yeah. I think. like, And it was because of – and I don't want to point any fingers, but it was because of the – we bought the Celebration exclusive lanyard, was which so was last year. Dub lanyards. We were so excited about it because it was like a metal – it was cool. It was like the Yavin 4 metal, but it wasn't that good because both of, both the of thing, ours broke. Both of ours broke. They, they fall off. It's bad. So Caitlin and I have recently – we have – I bought a really extremely secure um, Kylo Ren light, uh, lightsaber, Kylo Ren lanyard that has – instead of the, the clip, like the clamp – and I, I know it's a podcast, so I can't really tell you. Instead of a clamp that clamps down on the lanyard, it is a clip that is more heavy duty and is attached specifically to the lanyard. So it doesn't come and it's not attached by some little ring which is the problem of the Yavin 4 lanyard. Like mm-hmm. you're going to want to make sure that you have a secure one. And yes, they give out free ones and those are okay, but you're going to have to make sure that you have it and you're going to have to wear it the entire time. Yeah. So what Caitlin and I, I think I'm going to do because I am so paranoid about this is Caitlin got a Raylo lanyard for both of us and we're really excited about it. But I also have the Kylo Ren one where I might actually do a double lanyard and wear both of them. This and is how paranoid we are. <laughs> clip, clip both of the clamps onto the badge because I just I, I don't I I need to do it for my own peace of mind. Yep. Yep. And uh, yes, I lost my badge a couple of times. I wound up at the media desk crying. <laughs> and you're not supposed to replace a media badge, but they did for us. And I was like, "You give me." Yeah. <laughs> it's like. It might have just been the regular badge. I don't know. No, it was the media badge. Was. I, that was the that was at the desk one. That mm-hmm. was bad. And that was right before you went to the Rebels panel too. And you needed that media badge to get into the Rebels panel. Every, so it was oh, like God. it was like crucial. And it was only you only had like fifteen minutes too to do that and <laughs> and like sign in with the media desk. 
Do you, do you remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. And, and it was like, you can't go up to the media desk without the media badge, but you lost the media badge. So you have to go over to this desk, which is like at the bottom of the of the convention, and then go all the way up like five escalators to the media lounge, and then check in, and then go all the way across the convention center to this other panel, that's <laughs> the Rebels panel. The lady at the Rebels media check-in too, she basically yelled at me. <laughs> She was like, like, you're so late. I was like, <laughs> the panel hasn't started. Like, I've got like five minutes, lady. Like, <laughs> I think I told her too. I was like, I wasn't planning on being late, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This episode really has turned into, let's outline all of the ways that Caitlin has made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be like me at last celebrations. Caitlin, can we just take a step back? We've talked about this in the podcast before, but we just have to go all the way back to the beginning (laughs) and just reflect a little bit about the origin story of when I was trying really hard in middle school to get Caitlin into Star Wars and there was no Star Wars left. It was after Revenge of the Sith and the only thing that I was holding on to was the promise by George Lucas for the live action Star Wars TV show. And that was like 15 years ago. (laughs) It was 2006. Yeah. It's insane. And it is here now. You know, that did not work out. But I do have to say, it's funny that there was a mention of the word underworld in this episode because that's what the show was supposed to be called. And my ears perked up then and I was like, that's definitely on purpose. That's funny. I missed that. Because I don't think the word underworld actually comes up a lot in conversation in Star Wars. And I think that they kind of shoehorned it in almost as like a wink. Because now we're finally at this live action show. It's just amazing. I can't believe we're here. <laughs> this really is the cool, like, this really does, like, full circle. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. Full circle. I've told this story before. We we have. But one of my, like, earliest memories of Charlotte is literally sitting at the lunch table in middle school and me telling her about the last episode of Little House on the Prairie I watched and her being like, just wait, just wait until the Star Wars live action show comes out. And then I'll talk to you about that. <laughs> I was like. Okay. <laughs> well, guess what? That's what we're doing right now. We're doing now. My God. It's crazy. The Yoda creature, like there's so many questions. Obviously, George never answered that and he was purposely never answering that. And Yaddle exists for some reason. And like, <laughs> is this somehow related to Yoda? I don't really think so. But I, I, I'm just like literally spinning with questions. Is this baby force sensitive? The 50-year age thing is mind-boggling to me because 50 years puts him around the same age as Anakin, which blows my mind. And uh, our Discord, our Patreon-exclusive Discord, was like blowing up about this today, about how is like, could this potentially be like another Virgins of the Force, like darkness rises and light to meet it type situation? Um, what is happening here? Do we really do we think this is this baby is related to Yoda? I, again, I don't think so. But like, that's a question, obviously. And I just didn't expect it to be a creature. And it's also it also feels super Dave Filoni, by the way, in our conversations about things that are Dave Filoni. Where was the first time we saw Dave Filoni? <laughs> the Clone Wars animated movie that came out in 2008. Like, let's be honest, what was that about rescuing a baby? And it's insane because (laughs) I'm thinking of like the Yoda arc, which is the first chronological episode. Oh my God, Caitlin, no. Rota, stinky. Stinky. Hello. It's almost the same carrier. (laughs) 
It's the same. Who's the right man for this job? Dave Filoni. What did he do? Introduce the baby to the Clone Wars. <laughs> to our like main protagonist. What does it do? It tests them. And that's exactly what we get in the movie. Like it's so good. I can't. It's the perfect fodder for a story. Baby Yoda is the new stinky. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Love music. All right. Well, I don't have the bumper. (laughs) Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. What do I say? I'll I'll do it. Hello. 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 And welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. And I'm your host, Caitlin. And welcome to our live show. Which was basically a live stream. And Rise of Skywalker. What? Rise of Skywalker. Let's just take a moment. I'm I'm not sure in this moment how I feel about the title. I don't think I I don't know yet. But I I feel like I'm kind of tripping over it because it's not Rise of the Skywalker or anything like that. Like there's no of the. It's three words. It's no, it's the rise. The rise. Right? What is it? (laughs) The rise. The rise. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting is that it's another R word. So we had revenge, return, rise. (gasps) <laughs> is that good? <laughs> That's so great. It feels like a flow. And and it's it, I mean, it's the first time we've gotten like four yeah. four words. Yeah, so. I know I was kind of in the camp. I wanted it to have three words because I wanted it to parallel the other uh, movies in the sequel trilogy, but so we have Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker. Mhm. Okay, now I like it a lot more. Thank you guys so much for coming, like running over. We're like super overwhelmed. Thank you guys so much for coming. We really, it, like, we're very overwhelmed. Yeah. We're hiding it in, we're yeah. keeping it in really well. Um, but being able to like respond to you guys, like, yeah. I wish you could just follow us around when we podcast all the time. Yes, please. Because this was really fun. Um, we're going to be around. So thank you guys so much for coming. I hope that this. <laughs> wasn't too all over the place for you guys. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Bye. All right, so that was the clip show. Uh, (laughs) The clip show. (laughs) What's funny is, of course, that recording this, I haven't listened to the clip show yet, so. I have not made the clip show yet, so. Yeah, so it's kind of like I'm talking about the unknown here. Uh, That's part of the (laughs) post-production that will happen on this episode. Uh, But I do know some of the things that are going to be in the clip show. We've talked about what will be in it. So there are some good moments that are in the clip show, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, if you've been with us for any part of the past five years, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you listening. Um, it means so much to us and we are so excited about podcasting still are um, and we're looking forward to the next five years and especially the next couple of months in Star Wars because there is so much good stuff coming out and we are super excited to be talking about it Uh, is there anything else you want to say Charlotte before we head into uh, where you can find us online no, I mean, beyond what you said, thank you so much for listening to us and welcoming welcoming us into the Star Wars fandom community and your personal fandom for the past five years. It is, like I said, 
too many times like the most rewarding thing of my life. So thank you. Okay. So if you do want to find us online, if you're not already following us, you can find us on Twitter. That's probably where we're most active. Our handle is at SkyTalkersPod. We also have our personal handles. Charlotte's is at Crarity and mine is at Caitlin Plusher. We also have our website, SkyTalkers.com. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Just search SkyTalkers Podcast on any of those platforms and you'll find us. And if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes or Spotify, we would really love it if you took a couple of seconds out uh, of your day to go and do that or to write us a review on iTunes. It does help other people find our show. And if you're interested in other ways to support us and how to get involved in our Discord community, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Chuck, BJ, Swara, Kyle, Neil, Aaron, Cherie, Matt, Kelly, Amy, Lauren, Susanna, Stuart, Diana, Allie, Katie, and Daniela. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.